not the best week for me, but it's what you do when you have a bad day that matters. I, I think I read that somewhere. I don't know. You know, that one of my favorite stories. <laughs> I don't like bookies. I don't know if you know who that. does. But I mean, I'm talking the street bookies way back. They would get I mean, the street bookies actually make the Vegas bookies seem like princes because the Vegas bookies are no great shakes. Typically, again, there's some good ones for sure. And again, they're good people. I think some a lot of them are lazy. I mean, we can say they're good people, but a lot of them are lazy. So that's kind of the way to think about it. I think there's a Venn diagram, right? Mm -hmm. And it's all the Nevada bookmakers. And then it's like, how many of them are overweight? You start there. And it's about 85% of the Venn diagram has like a, a hamburger in it, let's say, <laughs> right? Pistachios. Okay. Now, you agree with that? Yes. Okay. Now, what's beautiful is at 85%, you can tell anyone, no, you weren't in that. No, you were in the 15, you know, and they'll be happy. So they, they won't know, right? Mm -hmm. And then you're like, okay, how many of them are lazy? <laughs> And I would say 60%. What would you, you'd think higher. Oh, God. <laughs> well, we're all, we're all lazy in some ways. Yeah, but lazy to the point if their boss knew exactly what they were doing, they'd be mad. Uh, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> they wouldn't have that job the next day. Their, their, their idea of working is to like watch the Sunday night football. Now, there is a correlation between the overweight and the lazy. It's not just random. There, there's an overlap, not a hundred percent correlation, mm -hmm. but a correlation. And then I would say, now this is the surprising part. I'd say two thirds of them are good people, you know, seventy percent. Meaning, if you're their buddy, you like them, you want them at the party, you want them at the barbecue, whatever. They're, socially, they're good. You know, they're good people, as they say. You disagree I, with that? I agree with all uh, of it. Okay, so they're not great at their jobs, and, and oh, oh, they are entitled. 99, 100%, we should say. They think they're supposed to get the money. Oh, clearly, because correct me if I'm wrong. When you hear these shows and they're like, oh, wasn't that good a week for the book, right? And they're crying oh all but the time. I think they finally figured out they can't come go, they can't come bragging every week about how much they're winning. But every now and then they really do get their teeth kicked in. All right. And then, oh my and God. then when they're talking about it, they're like, you can just tell that this, this time they really did lose that one week of the year when a game like Carolina lands three and it was a debacle for them, you know? I, I, I mean, First of all, you just touched on two things that you're exactly right about. Thing, thing number one was the idea of when they have a good week, they're actually smart enough now to say, well, the worst game for us in the one o'clock hour, which doesn't mean it could have been the fifth most important decision. It could have been that they only made 14% yesterday. But they'll talk about the game that, that really set us back. Smart. Yeah. 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 Except it's lies. My bonus is going to be smaller at the end of the year because we did we did, we didn't scoop the pot on that one. But if they if they do if they do really get hurt, oh my! I mean, it's like they they'll start whining before like you you know the the host will bring him in and it'll be like oh I ah what a week you know like they don't want their intro they want to start complaining. And you know what? You might think that's part of the game, too, of saying that gives people a sense of maybe I didn't win as much. But no, 
It's because they expect to get all the money every week. Every damn week. They, they expect, don't want, yeah. They expect that there'd be no hiccups whatsoever. And they, and they're, and they don't want to have to go upstairs to, and explain to the suits why they actually, not only did they not make their budgets to pay for the expenses, but they actually lost one week out of eight. But yes. if, if only they weren't as lazy. They could be doing a lot of things that would help their hold, and thus the vagaries of the weeks wouldn't matter. I'm going to hang them out to dry here. Example, Super Bowl Sunday. There are some bookmakers, it's a tradition, the Saturday night before the Super Bowl, they all go out to a fancy gourmet Oh, dinner. I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, think about this. How, how many fancy dinners do you think I'm having with my friends? You know what I'm doing on the Super Bowl and how I'm running around with all the stuff that I'm doing? I don't have time to eat, and these guys have time to like go to these gourmet dinners. Know why? It's not their money. If, if I was in charge of the, of the book, I'd be like going through, seeing what, what, what are the wise guys, what props are they playing last minute and the like, and balancing and the like, nah, doesn't matter. We're still going to win. I mean, there's bookmaking, which you're talking about. And Billy Walters has been going around saying a good bit how these aren't bookmakers. They don't really understand bookmaking. He was talking about literally, um, oh, God, I haven't met a book. Martin, uh, was it, it wasn't Don Martin. What Bob Martin. Bob Martin. Yeah. Um, you know, saying that's a bookmaker. And again, everyone glorifies their youth or whatever. But, like, I'll give you an example. Every week there should be a couple of props that just is like an unexpected way of thinking about Unique it. Unique ones to that book. Yeah. I mean, how much time do you think they spend? I mean, I, there's been a couple lately I've been thinking about, like Russell Wilson, you know, versus Zach Wilson, some uh, kind of heads up prop on passing yards. Who's going to win more games, Colorado Buffaloes or the L.A. Rams? Everyone would bet that prop. That's interesting. Why? Because these are two surprising teams? And they're both lined around seven. Does, yeah, they're close. But does McVeigh wear sunglasses? <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't know if there was a. I mean, if there was any. When he talks to grownups, he does. I think Bear Bryant. Who used to wear the. Who. I remember. I can't remember. Maybe it was the. Remember, Colorado won the night or split the national title. 1991. In 91, yeah. yeah. And I think it was um, with Michigan, maybe. Oh, I, I don't know. It's been a long time since Michigan mm. won. But. I thought that McCarthy was – I think McCarthy was the head coach's name. I think he always wore the sunglasses. Did he? But, but that something, right? right like right there we put more thought into it. And, I mean, what are the other surprises? What's the odds of the Bengals finishing last in the AFC North? Yeah. Uh, what would you put that at? I actually think they're better than you might think. Well, this is interesting because we're on the same page. I think we have an early best bet because I just played – I'm 30% off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, Bengals, I just bet them season win under. So you so you have a you think it's a better chance than they they're better than random right now to win meaning it, they'd be uh, what, plus three hundred if it was purely random right well their Four season teams. wins nine and a half and mm-hmm. I like under okay? okay I thought that was a bad number so I think it should be eight point eight oh, let's 8. say nine 8. Okay. eight point eight so the Steelers are like right at eight point eight the Browns are um, you know like nine point four and Baltimore's gosh they must be up to like ten point eight. So the Bengals are, the Bengals are basically right there with the Steelers in a three-way in, in a tie for third. You okay. Know? So 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 shouldn't that be bad? So but shouldn't that then mean there's a better? So you're saying Baltimore has a tiny chance, like twelve percent. Yeah. Cleveland so, twenty, then split the other sixty at thirty-four percent. Thirty-four percent. Okay, interesting. So you have Cleveland. Okay. Um. By the way, sound about right. Yeah, I I think. Listen, I have you ever heard of the checklist manifesto? No. All right, so it's a little book, came out maybe 15 years ago, 
mm-hmm. that really revolutionized things in surgeries and airplanes and some real high stakes areas, which they have, they spend like a year distilling down everything they know, these experts, about, let's say, a triage situation in an emergency room, right? And they get it down to like nine things that you can check off with a yes or no that just by asking those nine questions in the 20 seconds it takes will save a bunch of lives, you know, and then they've got some lists that are longer, but it's post-surgery. You're not in any rush. Like something like, did, do you have every suit or do you have every scalpel? Because like once every 10,000 times a scalpel is left inside of someone. Mm. And if you just look at that list and say, Oh wait, there's only one here. It saved that, right? Yeah, and if I'm flying a plane and the engines have turned off, I probably don't have a lot of time to go through a checklist of 100, right? Exactly. I got to get the engines back on. But that's it. In that heat of the moment, by having a list, it it centers you. It's trust the process in a weird way. Yes. I think we made a mistake with the Tennessee last week. Like, if I could snap my fingers and be out of that, I would. And my point is, I think we made a mistake. Hmm. And, well, like, something, when I think, so for those who weren't listening, we went under... On the win total, which was at eight point seven and a half. Uh, seven and a half was the total. Yep. Oh no, it was eight and a half, wasn't it? No, All, right. And All right. So, and the theory was that the, well, we had like a plus one twenty, right? No, Mike minus one twenty five. The pre flop was seven and a half, and oh, okay. And, and the forty pre- cent, it went from plus one twenty to minus. It went from favored to go over, yeah. to favored to go under. And they lost the first game, so we felt like our analysis was this. That the loss to the Saints was adjusted for, and then nothing else. There was no exactly. downgrade. Exactly and we right. looked at it, and we said, "Boy, Tannehill looks horrible." And I mean, a minimum, they didn't. They even though they covered, it was like, you know, we felt like the whole. And, and then we felt like they would have incentive to put the backup in earlier because Tannehill was on the last year of his contract. Yes, if they were out of it. Mm-hmm. I think all that's still kind of true, but. I think the faulty part was, do we really know they were any worse? Like, how sure could we be of Tannehill being bad off of that one performance? Yeah, and, and Derrick Henry also was subpar. Also. See, I disagree. I think Henry, they took away his carries, but yeah. his efficiency was, I mean, and plus I mean, it's the Saints. It, but it's but it's a game they could win. It was like, it, it, it was really close, and he's not getting any any carries. That's that's a big bad sign in week Maybe. one, right? So, so it was a combination of Tannehill and Henry. And I'm not even sure if, if I would have still batted if we went through this, but I think one thing we want to do for sure is say, if we're reacting to a week— what is it beyond this week that's telling us we think this is true? Mm-hmm. Because, it, you know, if I come in thinking, like I came in thinking that Chelsea, uh, Travis Kelsey, not Chelsea, Travis Kelsey, that'd be a good nickname for him, Chelsea, is I felt like he was getting old and that it was going to show. The minute he hurts his knee, I'm thinking, wow, he's old. Mm-hmm. Thus, I acted upon it. And I think that's kind of smart if you have good logic underlying it. I still think that's good logic. I think you're right. But the question is, with with Tennessee, we came in. We, we liked over Tennessee coming into week one. Yeah. Right? I, I see what you did. So we don't want to flip. We, 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 we would have been much better to say, you know, we were leaning under anyways. And now we've got comfort. Like Kansas City yeah. was an example where we liked under, I liked under going in. 
So the fact now we've got these situations, I'm more likely to like take off the rubber band and unload on it. Yes. So I'm going to try to come up with a little mini bat checklist as we say. Let's make sure. Uh, Are we we getting the the worst number by too much? Are we? And then that's why the Bengals under kind of was hitting my checklist already going into the season. I know it sucks to play under nine and a half when we could have gotten eleven, but now they but but now they've been hit with you know two losses. Um, in games that they were favored in. But the know? question is how much, yeah, but but if we're betting from today onward, which we are, right, is how much, and let's start with that game, Cincy-Baltimore, is that sure. good? Yeah, yeah, it's good. All right, and this was one that was part of my bad weekend. I had O or under. I gave it out here with, with vigor. I had under. I gave it out with vigor. And, you know, the it's easy to say the punt return is unfair, and without that, we go under. And you know what? There's probably some truth there. I got to admit, the part I was wrong about, and it's just one week, but we got to give him credit, Lamar looked really good. He did. And I wonder if having a security blanket, Mark Andrews, back, you know, helped him significantly. Um, but there's no question well, that— yeah, but, but, I mean, that's who Lamar's going to be most of the time is with yeah. his tight end. You yeah, know. and, I mean, they put up 400 yards of offense, and, you know, they look good. In fact, this is one of my phony finals that I, I really thought the Bengals were lucky to stay in this game. You, you no, because they kept it. scoring garbage touchdowns. You mentioned the—you know, they got, they got the backdoor touchdown downtown, and they got the punt return to keep them in the game. So I upgraded, even though Baltimore only won by three, I upgraded Baltimore by half, and I lowered the Bengals by a full point. This is absent any Burrow injury— because I just thought it was a poor, poor performance by the Bengals, especially the Bengal defense. Yeah. So let's look at this now. So if we look at, uh, actually, there was no gar- points scored in actual garbage time by our measure, but we actually have. The, now this is fascinating. Holy camoly. So McKenzie, you're saying our after-game recalculation of the underlying stats—that's a long name—says the game should have been 37-29. Yep. So it's saying monster points that, that my idea that it should have went under, this is going against. Wow. Okay, Kevin Cole has it 28-21 Baltimore. So that would have went over too. Um, Bengals only had 282 in, in yardage, though, and under five yards per play. I'm surprised. that. Yeah, so how did we get to 29 for the Bengals? And it, hmm. Return touchdown counts at seven points in our system. Oh, that's an interesting point. Well... You mean, okay, that's interesting. So if they return the ball down to the one, it, it's different. Because, but, but we're Because what we're trying to do is take the pure luck out of it. Okay. All right, that's interesting. But um, so you think Cincy's D, because here my, my point with the Browns against Cincy last week was once you're in a game state of being behind like that, it's a big disadvantage for the offense, and it's a big advantage – for the other team's offense, whereas they're comfortable. It's advantage for both offenses in a way because you're mm-hmm. coming from behind, and that's the whole thing. Like Minnesota's famous for that, that Minnesota comes storming back, and we saw that against Philly, right? Sure. You go over and Minnesota, and you're not going to do too bad, at least historically you would have done great mm-hmm. in-game, right? So I think, if anything, didn't the Browns benefit last week from being ahead so much that their their offense was able to be more in control and thus it made the Bengals' D look worse? Well, certainly, um, I think the Bengals' D got just ground down from you know volume because they kept going three and out and punting. So that was a big advantage to the Cleveland offense, no doubt. Yeah, so since it happened tonight, and I know that you didn't uh, have a chance to put a full recap together, but like... You know, you want to speak on? Uh, well, I guess we were talking about the Brown or the Bengals, so we'll wait for the Browns game. Um, 
Now my over, I didn't even mention my over there. It can't, but I guess when you do a parlay mm. of the decade. Uh, uh, all right. Um, how much did you upgrade Baltimore? Uh, half a point. That's it. Yeah, just because I'm looking at all these injuries that are stacking up, and uh, I said, you so know, you're it's mixing some, that shit up, man. I, I I would upgrade. You're right. I upgrade Baltimore a point, and then I I dial back another half because I'm just like they lose OBJ, and I'm like, how many starters are going to go down? Wait, the 40 year old guy got hurt. Well, I mean, at some point we got to admit, if you hire or if you sign someone that's on their that if they retired, you wouldn't be shocked. Th- think and, about that bar. The, if OBJ retired in August, would you have been shocked? No. And okay. I wouldn't have downgraded them, and it's true. They've got one of the deepest wide receivers and the, the group, and they're all about the same. But I'm talking about all this stuff with the Ravens are so injury-prone. Yeah, they're down five or six starters Because they, they get pe- guys off the scrap heap a lot of the times, and they love value, right? So what happens in the draft? Well, there's this guy that blew out his knee, and he would have went number 20, but now he's available at number 60. Mm-hmm. And they take him, and all of the media are, are doing a circle jerk about how smart the Ravens are. But then when that guy blows out his knee in year one or two, are we really shocked? No. Right? I mean, and when you get the 37-year-old guy that you remember, if you told someone, you know, my dad right now, Jim Brown was signing, it'd be like, I think he's dead, but, you know, Jim Brown's so good— You know, no one ever wins in the NFL with old guys that they sign. It's one thing if they're your own people, but because there's loyalty, there's a sense of they're great in the locker room. You got some old gray, uh, gray uh, beard or gray hair come in. Maybe the quarterback, but not everybody else. Where does that work? Yeah. Where does the quarterback even work? Mm -hmm. Right. We haven't we've seen Indianapolis try to do it a bunch. Well, we're, old we're, quarterback. I, I guess Stafford's kind of old, right? For, no, he was for, like 32 when that's he That's tra- old? <laughs> no, no, it's All not right. for quarterback. Um, it worked pretty well with um, Favre in Minnesota. I mean, they were good. Yeah, so but, right, so there's one year. All right. That, and he still it was, threw an interception across his body in the championship <laughs> game. But, but still, I think in general, the old quarterback coming to save the day doesn't work a lot. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Um, I agree. The fact you're going back like 14 years as the counterpoint. And clearly the Jets not going to work for the Jets this year. No, it's true. Um All right. I See, I think there's something here we got to face head on. You like this under and Cincy. Why don't I let you make the case? All right. So pre-flop before the season started, the Bengals season win was 11. A little concerned about Burrow's calf, obviously. All right. So what has happened since well, now it's the Bengals are under 9.5, minus 130. Sounds like a big adjustment. They're down to like 9.3. I would make the case there's been barely any adjustment to the Bengals, and here's why. The Bengals were favored on the road against Cleveland Week 1, favored at home against Baltimore Week 2. That's really like 1.2 wins that they were supposed to get. They got none. So now they're already down 1.2 wins. So we have to take, even if the Bengals were at the same strength as they were before the season started, all right, right before they kicked off week one, I have to take the number down from 11.0 to 9.8. But wait, there's more. The Bengals were a seven-point favorite against the Rams. Now they're a one-and-a-half-point favorite against the Rams. So they just lost um, like .25 wins for that as well, just based upon the change in the line for week three only, not for any of the other games. So I take the 9.8 down, and I'm down to 9.55 or 9.5. Call it 9.5. That's what the number is. And you're like, yeah, but you, the current number is nine five exactly. Yes. All right. Now, but you said, but you got to lay minus one thirty, and I'm like, 
think about this. So the adjustment that's been made to their pre-flop number, everything has gone wrong for the Bengals so far this year, and we're massively concerned about Burrow. And the adjustments in the Bengals line has been 30 cents, which is woefully inadequate considering everything that has gone wrong. So I love this bet under nine and a half late dollar thirty. Okay, so I think what's depressing the downward movement a little bit, which could be to your advantage, is the bank will start at O and two last year. That's a great point. Right. So people are like, yes. ah, they start slow. And I think it's a point, right? I would make the case though, and let's separate it. How much of a down well, let's say this overall, how much of a downgrade point wise? Right, so two or one point, or I'm sorry, two points is worth one win, right? Yes. All right. So if you somehow downgraded them two points, you would say, well, I expect, and now that it's going to be 15 seventeenths of the season, whatever. But in general, you would say I've downgraded them two points would be tantamount to you saying I've downgraded them one win. Mm-hmm. So how many points have you downgraded since he um, overall? That's the borough factor and the non-borough factor. Yes. I mean, you tell me, because I, I don't think we can. Now, what you're saying is if that number is more than, um, let's see, a third of a win they've gone down now, you're saying about a third of a win? Yes. All right. So that's going to be anywhere between a half a point and a point. You're going to be in line with the market. Yeah. Well, I've got Cincinnati at 0.5 mm-hmm. in my current rating. Mm-hmm. All right. That assumes... Burrow playing, being compromised, not close to 100%. Well, this is another example of how you need to split out your— In fact, you got to do this. Right, so I have Bengals—so let me do that. So I get the Bengals coming in the season as a four, four points better. Mm-hmm. I'm going to downgrade everyone but Burrow. To, 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 the, the, yeah. The one po- one, I'm going to downgrade them a point, down to three. That seems light to me. That seems very conservative. Maybe I should downgrade them more, but I'm only going to downgrade them one point. I'm downgrading them three, and I'm downgrading them two and a half more points, which reflects the fact that I think right now, Burrow, if he plays, is an average quarterback at best, instead of being like two and a half points better than an average but quarterback. But the question is, they're playing him. They could have sat him mm-hmm. in week one. They could have sat him in week two. My question is, them not sitting him, is that a sign that this doesn't get better this year, so they're going to try it? Or is this a sign that they're stupid, or which you don't think, right? Oh, I think he aggravated it. Yeah, but he you was know? still playing bad before you. I, I mean, we, yeah, I agree. I agree. So, I mean, after watching week one, what in hindsight, you should have never – I mean, you said in a, in a thousand year or in a hundred reps – there's no way that the Bengals would have beat the Browns in week one, meaning there was no scenario. Why was he in the game? At what point did they figure that out, and why was he in the game? I don't know. I mean, it doesn't seem like there was any upside to having the injured guy. Because here's the thing. I mean, I don't even want to say this because I I like Burrow, but, I mean, calf leads to Achilles. Yes. I mean, that's something that, you know, again, I'm not a doctor, but it's like – why is he if he blows his Achilles, that's no joke. And even like in the or end ruptures, of, I think. In the end of both games, like they they're they're looking at him on the sideline and he's like, you know, like like massaging. He's got like a special thing. He's like thump, 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 with the with the calf massager and the like, and it's like I it, think it was an eighty percent discount. Those <laughs> things are always on a huge discount. But I don't know. We don't know. Is Burrow like is he like a ham? You know, Big Ben was the toughest mother around, but he uh-huh. was a ham. When he got hurt, he would ham it up. I, 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 I think he's legitimately going to be banged up. Like you said, if, if this happened back in July, I, I can't see like the, the, this 
like him recovering anytime soon to where he's at anywhere close to 100%. Well, first off, we have no idea. About, we have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but what I'm saying is that seems like the key here. There are some good internet doctors that do football stuff. Some are whatever. Some are good. A, a PFF has a guy on every, um, I think it's Thursday, uh, on their pod, the main NFL pod. It, he's an injury expert. I want to hear what is the likely outcomes here, right? Obviously, there's a chance of re-injury. He'd be out maybe for the year. But does this get incrementally better? Does this take like some things take pure rest? Right? Hamstrings are famous; they're 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 janky. You can be close, then sprint and pull it again and be out another six weeks. You know, I don't know. But if Burrow has any, I mean, we got we would have to price Burrow. You can't price the Bengals without pricing Burrow. Yes, but even if he magically, let's assume he goes back to like. Um, being a stellar quarterback, okay, and he magically recovers to 100% week five, then the number's right. If he doesn't, we have the ultimate free roll. So how many points did you How many points did you downgrade the rest of the team? One point. Okay, so that's going to be a half a win. Yes. All right, Fez, here's the thing. We were talking about this before the show. We actually took a minute and laid it out. I want you to make the case how you can make the case, and I actually think you're right, that – Betting Cincy under into the current win total market is a free roll on Burrow's health after this game. Meaning, if he has a normal season after this, you got pretty much a coin flip bet. If he's hindered or hurt in any way beyond what was expected entering the season, it's all it's all positive expectation. It's all potential profit for you. Explain to me how this works. I'm going to be kind of going back and forth to try to frame it. Entering the season, the Bengals had 11 wins, 11.0 exactly, as their win total. Right? Yes. They've lost two games. Now let's think about what these games are. In every game, you have an expected win percentage, which is a fractional win. So let's say it's a 50-50 game. It's a complete pick game. How many games are you supposed to, you know, what's your expectation from that game? Half a win, right? 50% of one. Thus, if you win the game, you've picked up a half a win, right? Because you were supposed to have a half, now you got one. If you lose the game, you lose a half a win. Yep. All right. So coming in 11, what was the adjustments just on the loss, the losses of the first two games? 1.2 games because they were favored in weeks one and two. They were favored against Cleveland. They were favored against Baltimore. So point six and point six wins expected. And they got zero. So they lost 1.2 wins. All right. So if no other adjustment were made. And I like what you say. If they just forfeited those two games. If they just forfeited them, their, their win total would have went from 11 to 9.8. Yes. Starting now in game three. Okay. Now the current win total is? 9.3. So it's under 9.5, lay thirty. That's the same as 9.3. Okay, so we're at 9.8. we got to keep going. So what's your next adjustment? Well, week three, uh, the Bengals in the summer line were laying seven against the Rams. Supposed well, to we be. should look at the look-ahead line, right? Not well, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Well, they were laying seven. Well, but let's uh, yeah. let's make sure. Well, summer. Whenever I hear you say summer line, yeah. it's almost October. It's been seven. All right. So if we do look at the look-ahead and forget the summer line, though you're right, it was seven. It was seven. The look-ahead opened at seven, and it closed at seven. All right. So they're going to win about 75% of the time. All right, that's what the math says based on that look-ahead line. Now there's been an adjustment. Now the Bengals are only going to win 55% of the time based on the current line. They just lost .2 of a win in that game. In one game. So now we're three. In a way, now what happens 
in this game will dictate, but from here's from today's perspective, the market value, it's almost like if Facebook stock goes down, it's like, well, Zuckerberg lost X billions of dollars. Well, he didn't lose it if he didn't sell it, but based upon today's market value. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we are down from 9.8 down to 9.4. 9.6. 9.8 minus 0.2. Oh, it's 0.2. 6. Okay, 9.6. Okay. Now, we still got to get to 9.3. What else do you got? Well, the Bengals are the entire team, other than Burrow, hasn't been playing well. Got to downgrade them. My downgrade on that, one point. So two losses, a half a point each loss, but not with Burrow's consideration. I think that's fair. The Baltimore, you know, trashing them. You know, the, 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 the Bengals defense got trashed by that new Baltimore offense that we thought would take a while to gel. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that's fair. So make so that goes down then from nine point six. So yes. So the Bengals. How many? How much is that worth? Well, that's one point for fourteen remaining games. All right, so we're not counting this game three because we've already, we've already done that. For it. So fourteen points over uh, thirty-five points equates to a win. All right. So thirty-five points over the course of a season, over the course of many seasons. It's been figured out, and it used to be like 33, and now 35 is the assumption, but it's how many points lead to an extra win, and 35 is the number we've agreed to. So the Bengal downgrade, not looking at the quarterback, every other position, we downgrade them by 14 points. That's .4 of a win. So 14 points over the rest of the season. Over the rest, yes, and that's going to equate to four-tenths of a win, so we're going to take that 9-6 minus .4. Now we're going to have the Bengals— We. As an odds maker, we expect them to win 9.2 games. All right, so the market is 9.3. Our expectation is 9.2, but there's one thing left. Yeah, so it looks like a good number, except we haven't factored in, well, what's Burroughs' health today compared to where he was opening day and what we expected over the course of the season? Because the reason you qualify that is it was expected he would miss maybe one and a half games, you know, where he gets knocked out of one, he misses one. Every quarterback, no one's expected to play all 17. Thus, we can't say any injury from here. It's how much more injury concern do we have now versus two weeks ago. And we had some concerns, obviously, about that calf injury going into the year. But now, clearly, we are much, much more concerned about the calf injury and the surrounding issues associated with that calf injury and how it's going to impact him the rest of the year. So so you're, you're figuring, and remember, our 9.3 versus 9.2, that's assuming the VIG. So in a way, you just got to win. This is a not a vigless line, but a vig accounted for line. So even if it was 9.2 and God told you that, if God told you you would play under because the point one's worth something and it's no vig, but how much, what is your estimate on how do you price this borough risk? Gosh, I think it's off the top of my head, I would two points per game. Well, that's too much. Maybe so. Maybe because that's that extreme. Means, that means that there's a one in three chance he doesn't play any more games after. Like if the only thing there was, I mean, to get to six points a game, right? It, or you're saying two points per game. Burrow's worth probably seven or eight points. Yeah, I got him seven and a half versus his backup. Why is the ba- who's the backup? Yeah, I didn't. I got it wrong. I had it as, as it's the kid out of Washington. I had it Trevor Trevor Simeon. It doesn't matter. He's um, well, I think it matters, but he's I, not I got, good. He's not Jake good. Jake Browning. Jake Browning. I'm sorry. I, like, Jake Browning. Where did he play? Washington, I believe. Is that Jake Fromm's? Did he change his name? Different guy. Different Jake. Jake Fromm out of Georgia. Jake Browning out of Washington. Hmm. What about Jake Cutler? Oh, wait. That's Out of Vanderbilt. <laughs> Did you know the Broncos had the number one offense in 2008? A lot of people don't know that. 
Well, I know the, the Uncle Mike was in love with him. He, sure was. I think he traded up and drafted him like 15th or something, wasn't it? They were 13-3, and three and they benched their starting quarterback. Jake Sounds kind of familiar. Jake the Snake. So yep. even if my estimate is, is ridiculously high on the two points, and it's only one point, it only has to be one point, then we go ahead and we dial them back by another point four. Now we're at 8.8. Well, let's pull back a second. I don't like the points per game. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how many per game. How many on this season? So let's think about this. What are, what are the possibilities? One is he misses the whole season at some point coming up. So, well, what's the point of that? Well, it's going to be about the halfway mark would be the average, right? Mm -hmm. So if it's 14 games left, we would say, all right, there's a a tiny percent that's going to be the first game, second. So under that theory, that's what, let's call it seven points per game. We're saying there's 14 games left after this one, right? So that'd be, um, let me see, 70. Oh, my gosh. It'd be 108 points, or no, 98 points. 14 times seven, Two and a half games. Okay, 98 points. Now, what's the odds of this? Now, that would be for the whole season. Yes. We're saying in between, so we would cut that in half, and it would be 49, right? So Game we're and sa- a quarter. So we're saying 49 points of risk that he misses the rest of the season. Now, what is the likelihood of that? I don't know, 20, 15 to 20%? Yeah, that sounds about right. All right. So now, what's the light? Then what's the other scenarios that he that he plays compromised? That he plays like two to three points worse than he would. He just becomes an average quarterback. So right now, you've got him two to three points worse. I got him. I'd say it's a little more in these last two games. Yeah, right now, like his next game that he starts, I think I would expect him just to be average, no better than no worse than an average what, quarterback. What does this line tell us about this week? What are the expectations with Burrow? What would the line be if he was out? If he was out, the Rams would be a one-point favorite. So this is pretty much saying he's almost out. And well, because I've been told if, by a lot of people, plus one, minus one, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and, and if he plays, I think they'll, I think think the Bengals will be a four and a half point favorite. Okay, but that's a different question. What we're saying here is on the look-ahead line. All right, on the look-ahead line, when we when we knew Burrow was banged up. We were preaching he's hurt, mm-hmm. and still I lose that bet. I mean, can you be so right and then lose? I don't. Yes, you can. Yeah. I lost two. To, to answer the questions, yes, you can. Yeah. <laughs> so they were seven-point favorite. We say he's worth eight. So that's interesting, right? So this is pretty much saying he's not playing. Yes. I mean, 80%, right? Yes. Wow. Wow. Because you got to remember, even if he plays, he's downgraded a couple points. So this is... Almost like he's not playing. Do, 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 what tells us that? Just the comment? I mean, McKenzie had a quote where he says it's pretty sore. We'll see. I, insider information. You know? I mean, that did not, nothing— Did any no- of your insiders tell you how hurt he was except for me last week? No, you did. And you're not an insider. You're just an— a, a, I'm trying to— Well, wait, wait, wait. Who's An the ambassador in- of information. Who's, who's, <laughs> who's the insider? You're saying someone from inside the locker room? Yes. Somebody knows what how likely he is to play in the Bengal organization. Maybe the person giving you the info is, is kind of stroking a little bit or playing it up just a little. Well, this line was six and a half, and now it's one and a half. Whoa, but it wasn't six and a half after the game. It, oh, okay, it did. Okay. It was, yeah. All right, so that's interesting. So the world opener came in at six and a half. It was a small downgrade, and the Rams actually looked pretty good. They covered. <laughs> they, <the laughs> with, with a nanosecond to play, yes. The Rams look pretty good. Well, we'll get into that. The Rams look pretty good. I would say going to six. So it went from seven to six and a half from the close 
of the look ahead to the opener. I'd say 6.75, I would have said, just off the Rams because mm-hmm. they had one good game. Now they And the Bengals did lousy. So that that looked like a bad opener. Yeah, you're making a good point. Even with the, even if Burrow was no more injured, six and a half is fair. Yeah, if not six, and it closed six. So that whole night, you know, hours and hours of betting, and then news came. Boom! It's down to one and a half. Okay, all right. Um, I agree with you. The market's saying it's unlikely he's going to play. Almost impossible, or almost like zero. Uh, So your point is, hey, pricing this is is an estimate. But I know anything greater than zero is all goes to the profit side. Exactly. It, it is the ultimate free roll. If by some miracle, week four, Joe Burrow shows up and he's as healthy as what he was to start the season, mm-hmm. we have like a 50% bet. That is the way a professional, Steve Fezzik is the rare professional, but a professional does a handicap. Now, one question left only. So how much did you get me? I heard you say, we've got a bet. What do you got for me? A buddy? dime. Ooh, you like that, Mackenzie? Love it. All right. Well, when I win, I'll give you something, maybe like a like a breakfast. Do you ever eat the Samstown buffet? I haven't. How's Mackenzie been doing? You want you want maybe I'll give him a hundred of mine. You know what I'm gonna do? Let's <laughs> find a. I'm gonna let him free roll on a hundred of mine. So if he if we win this bet, he gets a hundred from me, and if he doesn't win, he doesn't have to pay anything. What do you think, Mackenzie? Jake Browning's going down. <laughs> All right. You could do that too, son. Not, why don't you free roam 100? I'll, I'll take you to the old Imperial Palace buffet or the Riviera, the two worst buffets in the history of Las Vegas. <laughs> I don't think those buildings so, exist You ever anymore. go to those? No. Right. I did used to go to the Holiday Inn buffet because it was the only one that was open past 10 p.m. <laughs> did you know that? I did not know uh-huh. that. It was horrible. I don't like the idea of a buffet that's open late. So is that a no then for Mackenzie? No, time? that's a no. <laughs> Are you guys feuding? No. Damn. So why I, give away money if you don't have to? I respect that. Okay, then. My hunter, I'm pulling back. You respect that? I respect any, either decision you want to make. By the way, <laughs> pu- pulling back the curtain, I've got oh. like, I've got the stream of bets I made for RJ, and I, I, I owe him the accounting, and he's been extremely no. patient. As Since I, I lost that, that Baltimore him. bet, I'm not as anxious. All right. <laughs> you, won, you won your, your Dallas minus two and a half bet, as did our clients. Yes. So they that that snuck sweet. that one out. Yes. Fez hands out. It's almost like, you know, I've told you guys about the Renaissance investments uh, out of Jersey. They got this fund that, like, everyone wants to get in, meaning even the company people can't get in anymore. And they give occasionally, if they want to get, like, a superstar coder, they'll give them, like, one-tenth of a percent. That's how you delve out your, your, your oh, we had Dallas at two. It's like, all right, that sounds good. Let's keep going. All right, I'm going to let McKenzie stay with his hundred. Even though he didn't have the balls. You want to take another crack at Tone Fez? Hey, you don't need to eat all the rigatoni. Hey, there's been one or two trends that I've I've queried, you know, off the books. I I know you haven't seen The Sopranos, but you don't have to eat all the rigatoni, Tony. (laughs) All right. Rigatoni, Tony. You know, what's curious here is the market in this game is on top of Burroughs' injury. Do you think this is thoughtful that the market is saying, yeah, but actually we don't see it stretching past this week? Or is this just this is a slightly illiquid market, the wind totals now, and thus it's not as attuned to what's really happening? The latter. I really think that that's an example where they're just all they're doing is they're saying, what were the Bengals season win last week? And they just lost 0.6 of a win. So I'm going to make that adjustment, maybe with a little tweak. So we talked a little bit about the um, so 
we won't be doing the full Browns recap, but let's just take a second here. Chubb out for the season, I'm hearing. And um, Pittsburgh wins. It goes over. Any observations off the? I mean, off the cuff or phony win? Um, oh, the, the Steelers are getting shit on by you again. They okay. are so two, not one, but two defensive touchdowns. That's, that's what the steel, a Steelers football. That's what Steelers do. That's what TJ Watt does. You know, is it is what he does, isn't it? Um, I believe Watson set a. I think he tied a modern day record with not one but two personal foul <laughs> face mask penalties on the quarterback. The quarterback oh, oh, on the on the interception returns. Okay, two of them he had. No, not not interception returns. He just he just grabbed face masks. When in what context? He was scrambling, got pushed out of bounds. He was upset that he was tackled, and he grabbed the guy dude's face mask for, and just threw him out of, out of bounds for like he, ten yards. I think he's stressed out. And another one he was going to get. You ever sacked. have where your neck hasn't been rubbed for like a long <laughs> yeah. time? Oh, go ahead. Another one he was going to be sacked, and he just he just tried to elude and grab the guy's face mask. But one I've seen one. I've never seen a quarterback called for 30 yards of personal foul face mask penalties. Huh. Is that now is that repeat is that predictable moving forward? Here's my thought. Some people are cool and calm no matter what, right? The famous Joe Montana story, you know, beating the Bengals, and he has John Candy. You know, he says, There's John Candy, and he calms everyone down on the last <laughs> drive. Watson, they were at the game the game wasn't over at that point, right? So it was a competitive game. I mean, and He's flipping out in the middle of the game. Yeah, they got the you, lead. When you're They're ahead. To, when you're close to being two and zero, boy, he's not. I mean, I think you know there was a great movie, and it really doesn't get played very much called The Right Stuff, and it's about the astronauts, right? Thomas mm. Wolfe wrote the book, famous book. It was considered the best movie of the '80s by Ebert, Cisco and Ebert fame. Is they said in the book, and I enjoyed the book that. What they tried to do with the astronaut program was put every stress they could upon these people to see what, where they would break. And only the ones that didn't break could go up in space. Houston, we have a problem. Because <laughs> the problems were going to be not only their lives, but you know the whole country's space program. Watson was never really tested, you could say, fully because he won at Clemson. I, I mean, and, you know, they didn't win huge in Houston, but they won. They made playoffs. They, that last year, he was four and twelve, even though he played great. And I don't know about the massages. How much of it was before that last year, and how much of it was more? Re, but who knows? He doesn't seem to handle this stuff very well. And one other mistake he made tonight was he he just threw the ball away. So he threw it deep to the end zone and got picked off. He didn't throw it out of the end zone. So he didn't throw it far enough, and like that's just a, a just just a bad mistake. He wasn't under duress that he got hit and underthrew it. It's like why you're not even trying to complete the pass? What is he doing to allow that to be intercepted? I don't think though, as you really took into account when you thought, well, Cleveland was leading, they should have won. It's a forty final. Steelers on Monday night since 1992. That's when you first heard of Ross Perot. Think of '92. Nirvana, you were probably three years from hearing of him. Mm-hmm. When Kurt Cobain killed himself, you heard of Nirvana, right? I doubt that I would have gotten the multiple choice correct, frankly. <laughs> Possible. <laughs> we can't, I don't get a laugh from it's three years before you hear about Kurt Cobain. I smiles. You smiled. God, your sense of humor is dropping off. Um <laughs> 21-0, actually, on scheduled Monday night games. 
Because the, the pomp and circumstance. It's not that Monday somehow the moon is different. <laughs> they were 0-1 when they had a rescheduled Monday game. That That's not what Steel Country is about. They're there camping out for ticket. 21 straight wins. And Monday Night Football is supposed to be the most competitive, one of the most competitive games of the week. If Hard I t- to have a streak on Monday night, yeah. I, if I say to you, pick any team you want, yes or no, will they win 21 straight home games? These are home games now. What odds would you put on it? Saying you're, you're offering this prop. You can pick any team to win 21 straight. It's impossible. Monday. None of them will. It's impossible. But there's some odds, right? You could take two to the 21st power. Or 20. Right, if I took one half to the 20, 20th power, it's a million to one. A million to one. Okay. With now, a mil. That's a mil. Can, can you see what the average line was in these games? Yeah. This is going to be interesting. So it's probably, th- if they're favored, you know. Let's say average four points. Yeah, it's 250,000 to one. Maybe 200,000 to one. All right, this is interesting. We'll do this. As we're recording. 0.6 to the 20th. And give you the answer. 0.65 to the 20th. All right, so we got the answer on this. So the average line was actually favored by six in these games. Um, All right, so it's like a teaser. It's like, it's like, it's like hitting, it's like, a, it's like 1,200 to one. Yeah. So, 12, so that's interesting. Going from six, the, a little bit of a favor went from like a million to one to 1,200 to one? Uh, yes, because now it's like, it's like you, you have a 50-50 chance of winning two, to going 2-0. Two and oh, So it's kind of like... Having a ten-game streak instead of a twenty-game streak, okay, right? It's but like if it's te- a fifty-fifty chance, yeah. But you have a fifty-fifty chance if it's an advantage teaser, right? Yeah. So a six-point favorite is going to—it's going to be like point four. But that's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Points. Like, you're right. It's like point four six to the tenth. So it's probably more like two thousand to one. All right. You're right. It's unlikely though. A little. But, some, yeah. but somehow you were looking to bucket by saying Brown should won. Brown should phone final. <laughs> See, you got to believe in Steelers, baby. No. All right. Um, but I will say this. There are a couple teams that seem to win a lot of close games over many years. Pittsburgh's one of them. And, and the Chargers aren't. Hey, yeah. The Chargers <laughs> and the Steelers, three minutes left, tie game. Yeah. How are you feeling? I, I, I think I'd be betting on Pittsburgh and not those, those A.J. Hoffman-loving Chargers. A.J. hasn't been to work. I don't blame him. I mean, whew. All right, let's go into let's do a couple other ones and we'll, then we'll double to the Chargers. Um, Green Bay, Atlanta. Now this was a close one. I'm hearing a lot about oh fourth and one, Packers have to be able to get a yard. I'm hearing um, a lot of Atlanta Ritter's no good. They're two and zero, but they're lucky. Remember against Carolina, it was uh, a toss up game almost, and then some interceptions. What's your takeaway on this Green Bay Atlanta? I think Atlanta was worthy of winning. I upgraded Atlanta begrudgingly because they were behind for a lot of the game. They uh, they won the yards by 200 yards, and that's just... so. I've never heard you say I've upgraded begrudgingly when they win a yardage by 200 yards. I've yeah, not... because it was an unimpressive 200 yards. And, and what what is the pre- impressive? Uh, they they trailed for most of the game, and but that's they, the whole point of looking at yardage. Just I, exactly, they dinked and dunked the whole game. Well, that's how you get yards if you're a running team. Yes, um, but ultimately they should have won by more more than they were. They, they were an underdog to win for most of the the fourth quarter. Actually, what was the fourth quarter win share? I'd be curious to see that on this game, uh, Mackenzie. The Packers Falcons Falcons had a 55 percent fourth quarter win share. All right, so close to it's mm-hmm. close to fifty fifty, but I, I, the, the stats were Maybe overwhelming. Maybe just full disclosure, you were against Atlanta, 
and now you're going to look at them with the most pessimistic eyes possible the rest of the year. That's not true. Atlanta was all over my contest. Then why, would, then why in the heck would you be saying that, oh, they outgained him by 200 yards, they won the game, but, you know, I don't know, toss-out. Uh, because Green Bay looked like they were the right side for most of the game, and then they're le- they, they got another lineman injury. Bakhtiari was hurt, and then they had a left guard get hurt. Bakhtiari wasn't hurt. He was out. He's now refusing to play. Supposedly, the word is he won't play on turf. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Interesting. I think you got to bank that as in which because if you actually look, Lafleur after the game was very frustrated with the questions. Mm. And and I mean I've heard people breaking down exactly what he said. I've heard it. He was frustrated. I, I think I think his player empowerment thing. You know, we got a big white tackle that is apparently being difficult. Doesn't seem like he's getting as much attention. I'll be honest with you. I'm I'm old school, so I'm usually against the players in a way. But this seems egregious that 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 he <clears throat> and listen, if you don't want to play on turf, negotiate a contract like that and say sure. I'm gonna be missing these five games. If you don't want me, I'll go somewhere else. That's fine. You got the one dude with sickle cell anemia that's risking his life to Which play is, in Denver we, and uh, Ryan Clark, I don't think we necessarily want that. Yes. So I appreciated it. Thank you from Steeler Nation. But I, if I had my choice, I'd say let the kid decide. No. So then the left guard went down, and then the offense collapsed, and Jordan Love didn't make any plays in the fourth quarter. Fourth and one. Or they didn't get it on a fourth and one, right? Yeah. All right. Um, so how do we translate to your biases? Well, the, ultimately, I look at the stats, and there's got to be an upgrade for Atlanta. It's too overwhelming. But why does it have to be the preponderance of evidence instead of just? Like it doesn't a, have to be. I'm upgrading fair, Atlanta. I'm upgrading Atlanta. So, yes. what is your sense of Atlanta on the season now? I think Ritter has disappointed me somewhat with this play. So they're, they, they're perfect with the wins and losses, but a disappointment. The rest of the team is playing quite well, I believe. Yes. Hmm. Do you think maybe in your mind this idea of? I saw Josh Allen go against Mahomes, 13 seconds. I think you need a monster freak to win in the NFL now. Do we? Or is it Mahomes? Because Josh Allen hasn't won shit. Is it Mahomes is a special player? And everyone else is kind of in the middle. Because I heard Jalen Hurts wasn't supposed to be good. Now, he wasn't one of those freaks. Well, you know, what's interesting, I want to see Ritter play on the road because I heard this stat, I'm sure you heard it, that he's undefeated in home games. He's like 26-0 and now at the University of Cincinnati and, and with Atlanta. So and maybe if he gets his hand amputated, we'll see if he can win then. <laughs> I mean, it's like you're waiting for every scenario to like debunk him. People have bad. I mean, the funny thing is, Mahomes this week. Let's go to that game. Mahomes this week. If you just look at the stats, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. It wasn't an impressive week. So would we have said if that was Ritter? See, the guy just can't play. Well, Mahomes did have a QBR of 72, so he had well, a good QBR, and he had 7.4 yards There was a per lot play. of dinking and dunking. There no, and they only scored 17, and he got a phony 50. I want to ask you about this. All right. So stats-wise, so Kansas City's up eight. They run out the clock. They're close to midfield, and it's third and five, and Jacksonville sells out the line of scrimmage, so Mahomes just throws it over them. Complete a 50-yard pass down to the goal line. I don't think they should get credit for 50 yards. I think they should get credit for 10 or 15-yard completion because it was the same at that point, completing 10-yard pass or completing a 50-yard pass. What do you think? I think anytime you adjust from the from the tr- the objective truth, you should probably adjust at least or less than half of what you think. Like honestly, find a way to think about it and say I'm I'm not assuming I'm going to deduct 50 percent. I'm going to just really think, and whatever you come up with, whatever the delta is from the truth. 
Cut that in half. So maybe give him a 25 yard. I don't know. I'm whatever you the, think, whatever you think that it should have been. Or 20 or 30. It shouldn't be 50 and it shouldn't be five. I agree. It's got to be somewhere in between. Because let's face it, if he went all the if the kid had gotten three more yards and gotten a touchdown, we'd never even have this discussion. We'd be like, oh, Kansas City scored 24 points because the game ended on the one yard line. Okay, but why wouldn't we have questioned that just the same? We should have, but for some reason, like when they put it up, it would get lost in the noise because then Jacksonville would have had a minute and a half to drive and do whatever, and it would have just Which like— Which goes to show you there's a lot of complexity in this stuff. Yes. Um, meaning I think everyone that—I <clears throat> think that we're seeing a real comeuppance for the football basement dwellers that think they know things. They don't know a lot. I mean, at what point are we going to say, like Brandon Staley— isn't very good as a head coach, and that Mike McCarthy is. But mm. because McCarthy has a, a face that's flashy, because he has a bemused look on or I don't know how you describe the look. You've never used the word bemused, but it seems completely appropriate. That <laughs> uh, guy's under some kind of, like, spell. Yeah. <laughs> and I think they call it entrainment or something. I mean, and you know what? He's he's been calling a I don't know a pretty damn good game. It doesn't seem like he's had very many competitive games this year. Now listen, Aaron Rodgers didn't like him in the end. His opinion is beyond reproach, right? He gets along with everybody else. I yeah. mean, I don't know, but there's something about youth, and there's and I don't know. I mean, I thought I like if you were just last week saying, what's holding us back from really loving the Cowboys, Mike McCarthy. It's like, what is the proof of that? Well, I, I think I said playoff Mike McCarthy. Uh, I don't know. You know? And, and what's you disagree? The proof? But how, how has the Packers did in the playoffs with that same quarterback post-McCarthy? Oh, poor. Hmm. Yeah. I see a trend. Yeah, there I you go. I see a trend. There you go. Hey, one thing about the Kansas City, they were um, minus two in turnovers and still won by eight. So that's a nice win for them. I'm here. Now, listen, you're saying you were pessimistic on Kansas City. If their offense gets where it was last year, by the end of the year, and if their defense is what it seems, oh, their D is better. Yeah, then this will be one. Of, I mean, this will be one of the best teams of the decade. And all, right? I agree. And all questions answered by Chris Jones, who um, we said, oh, he might be rusty. You know, might 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 be on a on a play clock. And uh, I think he had like five pressures and a sack and a half. He was just a monster. What is the chance of Mahomes and this offense getting? on that track or, or getting to that level. By the way, Ritter, we were talking about the difference between the stats and mm -hmm. all the intelligentsia. PFF, 31, 31st quarterback this week, QBR number 12. It's a pretty big disparity. Mm. I, I, big time. I got to tell you, there's been some PFF numbers. Aren't these supposed to be correlated more? You would think. Yeah. There's some PFF numbers this year that really mm. – I'm not one to judge – I'm judging from other judges, meaning I'm not I'm not watching the All-22. And even if I did, I wouldn't know what to look for. Oh, look, he's using outside coverage. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But because I've heard now after two games, I've heard uh, the cornerback first-rounder Gonzalez from the Patriots that after both of these games, it was like saying this guy is going to be all-pro. Oh, man, as a rookie, what he's playing awesome. And PFF apparently had him as maybe look this up in week one as like in the bottom like ten percent of cornerbacks. Really, and I'll be interested. I didn't hear this week's number, but I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of things going on at that company. It seems it's very disruptive. They 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 had a big investment came in at PFF. 
is my understanding, allegedly. And um, it was like they, the company had like a $400 million valuation. Mm-hmm. So almost a half a billion. And then the founder who was there involved the whole time retired or left. Okay. Now, not Chris Collinsworth, but the guy who was the operational guy. Now, that never happens usually unless there's pretty much, hey, we pretty much bought you. We're moving you out. Well, you know, now a guy like Eric Eager goes to Sumner, I think the name of it is, which they're trying to be more B2C. You can say, hey, you know, losing your head R&D guy is horrible, but you know, or bad, but that happens all the time. I got no sense of who replaced him. Mm. Like, there's no one on air. I tell you that. And I used to listen to that forecast show they come. It may be the worst podcast in, in all podcasts at this point. It's like none of them are listening to each other. They're talking about, like, they go through and say, all right, let's get six best bets. Mm. They'll name, like, nine picks. And then the guy who's doing the hosting the show goes, all right, so what was that first best bet? And they'd start, they'll go through them one more time. It's like it feels like a rudderless ship right now. Now, that said, let's look at these numbers. So what were the numbers? Week one, 63 grade. So, worse so th- below a starter. Exactly. 91 against Miami. They changed their minds. Wow. Or he played a lot better. Yeah, but I see, that's the thing. I was hearing how great he played last week. Don't you think I always think this? They just kind of get a sense of what other people are talking about, and they start to skew their grades in that direction? I have a sense that it's a black box for a reason, meaning they have they will not tell you who's doing what. They have a lot of people. My understanding is there's like 70 or 80 graders. But then any play that's more than like a half a uh, half a unit one way or the other gets reviewed by a senior person. Mm. So they got a protocol. I don't know. I don't know. I wish someone else was doing this so we could compare. Right. That's what I wish. But it's a big operation to do this. And I know they've put, put a lot of money into soccer. So it's like whenever that happens, I start questioning the people mm. myself. I mean, that's, just, <laughs> that's me. I, seriously, if someone comes back from a trip and he, and, yeah, I hear Fred. Fred. Fred's into soccer big time now. You're not telling me that person is a suspect. Especially with their football handicapping. Yeah. No, I'm being serious. They're suspect. <laughs> what about, think about it, Feds. If, 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 uh, if AJ came back from a long break and said, you know what I love the most now? At the NFL, soccer. Rotiga League, baby, or something. <laughs> He's passing the ball. He's passing the ball. <laughs> what do you think of that? I don't know if you're trying to be funny. I'm asking you a serious question. I want him focused on football and certainly not soccer. But if he came back and said, I'm getting my PhD in theology, I'd say, huh, doesn't seem like it's going to help your winners, but I can see what yeah. you Soccer? No. No. Now, if you're born in Yugoslavia or, or Chile or Chile, yeah, go for Costa it. Costa Rica. Costa Rica. If you're born here, Senegal. Now, if you're a woman, I think soccer's great. Meaning, it, <laughs> no, what I'm saying is I think that it makes sense because you can't, you know, football is, a, let's just say it's only fringe women that want to play football. And, you know, I respect them like hell, but, you know, it's not going to be something you aspire to most people. And, and a lot of you in the, in the uh, high school kids, soccer's huge. Now, maybe in a couple generations or a generation from now, I'd say, you know what? Soccer's been there from – baseball used to be – like, when I was a kid, baseball was number one. It wasn't even close, right? Mm-hmm. Little League was the most important. Like, flag football didn't mean anything. 
it makes sense in the 90s, you know, 20 years after I was five years old or seven, whatever, is baseball got the biggest, you know, during the home run chase and all that. It made sense. It was as big as it ever was. But now that's changed. Baseball's so hard with nine people on each side and all that. And you need a big field that has to be dedicated. Soccer, you just got to put a couple of sticks in the ground and you play. It seems like with the kids, there's more of that. It makes sense you're going to love that. And there's much. it's much better for the kids, much better exercise. They're running around all game long as opposed to just sitting around, you know, munching on point. sunflower seeds. Yeah, that's why the baseball games, apparently they'd pay three of them. It was a nine-hour endeavor. You're right. I never thought of it, actually, is in neither place. But under that theory, basketball, too, right? Well, I mean— No, you're but, but running around as much as Everyone who's playing is running around yeah, playing well, hard, yeah. People who don't play soccer aren't running around either, right? But, the but there's, the 11, there's 11 people. It's like if there's like 13 kids on the team. Well, I didn't the even whole know team. that. The whole that, team is running it's around. It's 11 on 11? Yeah. I had no idea. If you would have asked me what it was, <laughs> I could have said anything from 5 on 5 <laughs> to 15 on 15. Mackenzie, did you know it was 11? Yeah, He's the like, origins of football, 11 on 11. So they copied this from us, but they make a big deal about it. Exactly. The irony <laughs> is that, that 10 good soccer players can beat 11. Like, like it's you think oh, so it, even a sport you don't watch, you've got some some useless, <laughs> everybody's doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Well, 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 it's just it, it's counterintuitive. I would say, well, I would think so. Yeah. I would think, like, in football, you got to just break, they could just break that guy's leg and they, they got better. <laughs> they still, they still can win with 10. Yeah, no, but they still can win with 10, or it's preferable with 10. No, it's preferable with 11. But that's not what you said. I misspoke. Did you hear him, McKenzie? I was shocked. Yeah, he, he misspoke. It didn't make sense, but now I get him. But you hear what I heard the first time. Yeah, I screwed yes. up. Okay. So you're saying a 10-person team, well, that's the whole point with the red cards, right? Don't they take them out? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, they must be competitive or that'd be a forfeit, the act of getting a red. See, I know a little bit, but not much. <laughs> but anyway, to finish up about women and girls, <laughs> no, it makes a ton of sense, right? Because if, if you're coming up and you've got an athletic daughter, you're going to let her usually, hopefully, pick what she wants to play. But what's she going to want? Usually what her friends are doing. Usually no it's the thing that gets the most attention. And then when you see the Women's World Cup get, I mean, like the WNBA Finals gets what attention compared to the World Cup women's, you know, uh, tournament? 120th. Yeah, it's tiny. And what other sports, other than Olympic sports every four years, would you say that women, what's the other sport after the WNBA? Gymnastics. Yeah, but other than the Olympics? It's almost non-existent yeah, oh, not, right. from right. the general fans, right? But it may be the next one. You're right, track and field. That so it kind of makes perfect. Women's tennis. Yeah, tennis is. Oh, good. that's a good point. But that's not a team sport. But okay, yeah. So for team sports, it's so to me, it, yeah. For them, it'd be weird if you don't like soccer. But if you're some you know 45 year old guy and you're talking about how much you like soccer, suspect. <laughs> I agree. From America. You know, there was a time. So my best buddy growing up and still is uh, 100% Greek. Like he used to go over there for the summer, spend time on his, Mm -hmm. he was from his little island. Um, You know, his mom still had an accent, still has an accent. So I think it would be 82. When was the World Cup in the, the early 80s? Check 82. I think it was 82. Yeah, 82 had one. So you know that by memory? Maradona, 86. I definitely know that by memory. Okay. So I would have been like 11 years old. Um, 
we went down to the churchyard, which was like not the main field, and we put and we were playing one on one soccer like for mm. one, for maybe an hour. Right, right after who won in eighty two? Was it Italy? Italy. Yeah, I thought I remember that now. Is so you know I was dogging him. Greece never wins, but you know. So there was one day I played, <laughs> and and I've heard of Pele. Did you know Pele? Sure. Because I saw the Sylvester Stallone movie with him in it. Stallone played Pele? He played the goalkeeper. <laughs> was this during Stallone's height? Or was this before Rocky won? Uh, it was called Victory was the movie. Check the year on that. Before or after 76? I think it was 82. McKenzie, what's McKenzie? President it, soccer is the second most popular spectator sport among those 18 to 34. In, in America? Yep. I mean, it's not by much. It's 11 point something percent to 11 percent for basketball. Football's 30 percent. So NBA saying that they don't have problems, but soccer's overtaking them. Might have some problems. <laughs> well, did you hear there's a new rule change where you can't rest your guys as much? Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, one minute. Yeah, the victory was 1981. Only off by a year. Okay. So Stallone's five years into things. He would have made Rambo by then. Yeah. And he goes for victory. What was? Tell me this. What was the total box office on victory? It was a defeat. <laughs> I'll look it up. All right. Let's think now. And adjust it for inflation. <laughs> Next game. <laughs> All right. So um, Houston, Indianapolis. Obviously, the conversation here is the quarterback is leaving both games with injuries. He's big and tough, but your brain isn't big and tough with the concussions. Yeah, yes. No one's brain is. So this is fascinating because, like, we can have a conversation. Who's better? Richardson, who's been playing well. Or Minshew, who played very well in this game, all right? But now, I would make the case, I, as a better, I want Minshew. Because what's going to happen if Richardson plays off the concussion? I think that— We're talking about one game here. Yeah, yeah. In the next, in the next game, I would argue they're not going to run Richardson like they've been running him, like a tank, and he's been so good. And that's going to—it should compromise his ability to be a good quarterback to not have those runs that he's been so effective with. Is this why this line is out, even though there's such questions of quarterback, that there is no adjustment? I believe so. Well, what else could it be? I, I, yeah. All right. The, 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 the market's not even sure how to value whether who no, I think the, the market's saying these is. are— it's a, They're saying it's, it's equal. Yeah. 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 Does that seem right? No. I would say I'd much rather— well, have Other Minch- than this special consideration yes, this I, week. Yes, I would say it's right. Well, then that's long-term. really good for Min—or that's really good for Richardson that by two games into the time, he's as good as Minshew, who is considered to be— Maybe, what, the 27th best quarterback in the NFL yes. right now? Yeah, it's very, very bullish. And both quarterbacks, I know that I, I think Richardson only threw two, 10 passes. I think they both had QBRs like 92 last week. So they both were great. So let's think about this now. Arizona, loser, loser. Houston, loser, loser. You know, the draft equity is looking pretty good for Arizona. <laughs> I mean, how bad is Houston? Where do you got Houston ranked right now? Oh, Houston's... Uh, Right with Arizona, they're both minus seven because they got whoa, cl- whoa, 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 what? Because they got cluster injuries on the O lines, so injuries. All right, so do you want to? Oh, so you once again, you, you can't give your number and stick to it ever. Do you think maybe you want to move the injuries out and you say Houston's a minus five and a half, but I got them one and a half points down. Houston's a minus six, and I brought them down another point for their O line problem. All right, so even without the injuries. Arizona's only one point worse. That's correct. Do you think maybe you want to apologize to someone about saying how, you know, Arizona can't be as bad as the market's saying right now? I, I was wrong, RJ. I said Arizona was a clear cut, like two points worse than every and, other team. And I thought that, no, two and a half points worse to start the year. And 
So far, upgrades for Arizona. I no. think our checklist would have saw that. Is are you considering any counterpoint? You'd be like, no. All no, I keep hearing about suck. how bad they are. They suck. You could make the case they should be two and zero. I don't know about should, but they could. could. They could, could easily be two and zero. Yes. Now, what do you think about the rumors that that they got a call at halftime and the owner said you better lose this thing? You know. Um, I don't think so. I, I, if that was the case, they wouldn't have scored on the first possession and gotten a touchdown. And gone for two and gotten it, up 19. I mean, yes. so it was 60 to nothing in the first six quarters against the Giants. The Giants. I mean, does that, that has to trouble you, right? Because they had – here's the thing. I think we've seen this in the Buffalo game, and I, and I just missed this. It should have been on the checklist, is when you've got a great team or a good team that's completely focused – they cover most of the time, or a lot of the time. Well, you're the you, you pilot. That's what I'm this. saying. But your whole I, idea of backing a favorite is: are they motivated? Yeah, but it was yes. it, the market fooled me. We got nine and a half, and it was eight. I I, I think, and it was some seven halves were popping. Yeah, that's up. what I'm saying. I, I really think if it had been eight and a half, we wouldn't even consider. It. But at nine, I think we got fooled by like the phony numbers of eights and nines. But all, you what know, do you mean phony? No, 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 no. By the bookmaker saying we will bring Buffalo into tees and put it on a platter for you. Yeah, that's saying they weren't scared of Buffalo money. Yeah, right. Because I mean that's famous. That's what, a good point. Well, teams, people, will, the line should be eight and a half or eight. They'll bring it to nine and start changing the juice because they don't want. Ag- don't need that trouble. Don't yeah. need those Buffalo teasers. And they're like, oh, you just bring it. Yeah, br- bring all the bring Buffalo. Bring it on. You want. I mean, yeah, that has to be mean something. Absolutely. But it didn't in this game. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about well. Let's think. We're jumping around. Let's talk about the Buffalo game. I mean, Josh Allen not only played well, he seemed to play under control more, which I'm not sure he was able to. I would say this: put it in your book. If the Bills get hot and they play a decent team, because they're good enough, they can roll over some bad teams. Even if, but if they play, they're bullies. They like to beat up. Yeah. If the t- if they're not favored by more than a touchdown, and they've won two in a row. I think you look to fade him because that's when a guy like um, uh, Josh Allen will drop off. He'll get back to his old habits. Mm. You know, it's like if you're with a girlfriend and or a wife and she's mad, she's mad. Then you work extra hard. She's not. You took the garbage out. You did this. You did that. About a day or two, what happens? All of a sudden, I'll get that garbage tomorrow because you haven't had that negative reinforcement for a while. By example, I forgot to bring in the mail today, and that's on my checklist of things, of items that I must do when I arrive home. I must do, but yes. But do you I agree do with it. me that, that that when Josh Allen's attuned to his failures, you know, with taking too many risks, he, there's less of a chance of him doing it. But I when, agree. But then he starts getting complacent. Yep. All right. Anything else in that game? I mean, uh, what do you think of the Raiders? The Raiders were a team that were getting lambasted. Now back with that whole trans, what's that called? Transposing. Um, where Team A beats Team B, Team B beats Team C. How would Team A do against C? Yes. The transitive property. Transitive, okay. Is um, A is greater than B, and B is greater than C. Yeah, a is always going to beat C. Well, but it, it's about matchups is the whole theory yeah. sometimes. But let's be candid. Denver didn't look so good, so now the Raiders, they, they lost to a Bills team that easily Didn't. that got beat by the Jets. The Jets crush or get crushed by the Cowboys. Now Denver, that beats the Raiders, loses to Washington. This doesn't look good for the Raiders. It doesn't. And, you know, Josh Jacobs was like the best running back mm. in the league, and he's not up to game speed at all. So that's a problem. I, I mean, I'm not sure. Why. Did you hear about the uh, NFL is suing the Players Association? 
because they they got some evidence, I guess, that they were the players' association was telling the running backs to fake injuries. Oh, is that right? As a negotiation oh, tactic. Oh boy. So that would be interesting. I mean, hmm. they, that's the first time I can remember like an actual legal filing of the NFL against the players. Association. I don't know. The Raiders were 03 in turnovers. Their yards per play were good. Their yardage was lousy because guess what? When you don't get the you hold on to the ball, the other team has the ball for like two thirds of the game and they get a whole lot of yards. So a little misleading. I mean, Buffalo should have rolled, but not to the tune of 38 to 10. All right, let's go to the Denver game because this was another loser I had. Oh, my God, 21, what was it, 21-3? 21-3. Sharps were with you. There's major support for Denver at post in this game, and it, it looked like how smart was that money when Denver was rolling. I, I can't make heads or tails of this game. It's just all of a sudden, I mean, Russell Wilson was cooking, everything looked good, and they just completely collapsed. So what was the low point in win probability here, McKenzie? Or the, or the high point for Denver. 96%. They have the ball on Washington's 35, and they're up 21 to 3. How much time was left at that point? Seven minutes in the second quarter. Okay, so they were up that big and had the. Oh my God. Oh, okay, I remember Lombardi was talking about this, and then there was like, there was a. Uh, look at the play by play. Russell dropped the ball or something. Like he was going around and he dropped it, and I don't even think he turned it over, but they had a third down, they missed, he, and they he had to. did fumble on that drive. Okay, yeah. I don't know, Fez. What do you think of Washington? It seems like everyone agrees Howe is better than Ritter. Oh, yeah. I mean, Howe like, played, played a great game. Uh, and great. He played a very good game. Um, and the fact is, this would have been a very easy spot for Washington to say, it's not our day. We're playing in altitude. We're getting rolled. And for them they to won, come, They're 1-0 coming in, so yeah. like, it's not so no bad. No big deal. Business decision. You know, it's just, no, what's, 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 we'll do our best, and then we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll regroup. And they actually rallied, not just... To steal the game, they were in control of the game. It was a miracle that Denver got this down to two. It was a Hail Mary that cut the lead to two. It was really an eight-point win by Washington. How often does a four-point dog get down 18 and wind up with an eight-point lead at the end of the game? That's crazy. This was the first time in Peyton's entire coaching history that he led any game by 18 and lost. Is that right? 18 or more, obviously. Yeah, yeah so i, I got to be honest with you. I can't judge a guy who's you know such a good coach. But just human, you know, psychology-wise, he was so harsh after the game. I, I don't. I mean, it's, it almost feels like scorched earth. Denver always wins at home weeks one and two. Yeah, they're zero and two yeah. straight up. They always win these games. That does not pretend well for the rest Portend. of the year. Portend. <laughs> Portend. I agree. Um, <laughs> I. I mean, like he was. If you read the comments, if you watch the post game. Let's just say this. I, it feels like our prediction in the bet of under Russell Wilson because he's going to get benched. I, I don't know. What's the over? If you had to make an over under, when will Russell Wilson get benched? All right. Oh, this is good. Oh, is this? You know, so this isn't a real one. No, hypothetical. So, so McKenzie, you're putting out a vigorous bet. Look at this guy. Minus 150, plus 150. Which Wilson will lose their starting job first? Zach Wilson? All right, well, this won't be a, a real— if he Entertainment wants to, purposes only. Okay. It's fine. Then we don't need your opinion. No, go ahead. <laughs> well, I, first off, he's got it. Zach Wilson minus 150. So who gets benched for— Coach's decision doesn't start is the bat. And you're saying Zach Wilson minus 150. What do you think? I have to ask a question. Yes. So if when the Jets trade for a quarterback, mm -hmm. is that a coach's decision? Yes. Okay. Then no, no, not oh. to trade, but starting that new guy is, yeah. 
So if they trade for Kirk Cousins, does Zach Wilson get Well, the benched? minute Kirk Cousins starts, Wilson got back. All right, so I think it should be like minus 500 for the So Jets. you think so – you, now that's interesting. You think there's a great chance that they trade for someone good? I think they could trade for someone who's average. Okay. Anybody. But who's average? I mean, are we talking about like Brissett? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, um, what is the market? So what's the market on the Jets right now? So is there anything on that Denver game we want to talk about where we just don't know what happened? I don't know what the hell happened. It's one of those – it's just a, an anomaly. I, I can't explain it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I uh, – yeah. Huh. Okay. Let's go to the Jets in Dallas, and then what I want to do is start with what the market is saying. So the market is saying seven and a half, and it's – what's the money line, McKenzie? Under is minus 130. All right. So it's like 7.2 or 7.3. Is that fair? Yes. Okay. So, if Zach Wilson starts the rest of the year, how many wins do they get? Let me see what their rating is. All right. So I, I have the minus three and a half. Okay. So, they're one and one right now. So, 7.3 means they're going to win 6.3 more games. So, I need to take... Uh, right? Right. So, I need to take um, three and a half times 14. All right. So, you're minus three and a half points per game from average. That's like 50 points that they're worse than average, so they're going to be like a game and a half worse than average. They're going to be three below 500, so they're supposed to go 7-10. and well, 10. A game, you're saying a game or two worse than average. Oh, so how much worse than average? One and a half, you said? One and a half games. And what are you subtracting that from? Eight and a half to Eight start? Eight and a half, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's where I got to 7-10. Seven seven. Okay, so now the question is, if you believe that there's a good chance that they're going to, or even a 20% chance that they're going to get a better quarterback in there, and at the current market, you're saying there's seven tenths of a win advantage to the over. Isn't that an auto over bet? No, the advantage right now is to the under. I have them seven and 10, and they're lined at 7.3. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. I had already subtracted the one 7.3 to 6.3, but you're saying considering. Um, 7.3, but they already have... Oh, okay, so... You, so if they went with Wilson the rest of the year, yeah. I would bet under 7.3. No, no, I, I hear what you... Okay, yeah. But just to, for the audience, the mistake I made was... We, so what is the best way to approach this when you're doing the analysis? Do you want to take the... Because what's happened has happened. It seems like you can take out the win and say, hey, they got to win 6.3 more, even though the total is 7.3 because it's the season wins, mm-hmm. and try to figure what the odds of that is, right? Yeah. And so that's what you did here is you but you didn't do that here. So how did you account for the one and one? I didn't because it was close because one and one's close enough to where they should be. Maybe that's a mistake. Maybe well, I should. They were, but they were like a, a nine-point underdog against Dallas. Yes, you're right. So, right. They, so, so their chance of winning that was twenty percent, mm-hmm. and they were sli- they were slight dog. So their chance of winning was so they, they should, should have point six. So they've gotten it. They, you're right. They I, I, they they picked up point four extra wins. Okay, but I'm I'm assuming, but my numbers assume they're playing an average schedule the rest of the year. I would actually have to look yeah. at the schedule. So what we're saying here is if you believe, we can debate is it a little above, a little below, but if yeah. you believe there's even a 30%, 20% chance they're going to get Cousins, you, you like the over. Oh, God, yes. All right. Now, now if they get like some scrub or any, you know, that's like a, like a Minshew or a Brissette. Well, Brissette's got to be, what, at least a three, two, point. Two, two point, maybe yeah, two and two, a half? Yeah, two points better. So now he's worth, yeah, still he's worth like .75 of a game. He's, here's what you got to model out. What's the odds of Wilson continuing this bad if no one else is brought in? And what kind of compounding effect will that badness have? Because he won the first game. 
he seemed to be pretty damn bad in this game. Yes. If he has a couple more of these, I mean— The locker room could split. The defense might start hating him. Remember, this is the guy that the wide receivers revolted against yeah. when they're like, like they're happy when he got hurt, so, Mike, so White had to play, you know, so— Here's the question. Over under how many games before the wide receiver Wilson changes his name? Four and a half. <laughs> <sighs> you awake in there, McKenna? You awake in there? I like that one. You did, silently, you like that? No, I chuckled. Hmm. Um, Wilson's the quarterback. Wilson's um, numbers are a little bit biased because he completed like a 15-yard pass to a stud wide receiver who broke a, two ta- a tackle. Oh, but that happens. That happens. Yeah. Well, not anymore because I mean, because his wide receivers hurt. <laughs> and he's going to change his name. <laughs> Is I mean, because to some degree, when a guy throws for like 178 yards, you can't take away the the, the short pass that he got yeah, yards yeah. from. Yeah. So what's what's the Jets next week? Oh, it's against Belichick, right? Yeah. So the line opened two and a half, mm-hmm. got bet. Wise guys bet it up to three, and other wise guys took the Jets plus three down to two and a half. It's going back and forth. That four. tells you what the line should be, right? 2.75. All right. So let's talk about New England, Sunday night football. Where What have you done with New England on the season? Yeah, let me see. Because I'm going to make the following case, that if all we knew was what we saw this year— you could say, okay, they lost a close competitive game, New England did, against the Eagles, who entered the year as the favorite in the NFC. They were the Super Bowl representative, but I guess we didn't know that because we only knew what we know now. And then they lost to Miami, which unequivocally has played the best football this year. If, if there was a power rating, it was just this year, Miami's number one. No. Really? Dallas. All right, Miami's number two. Yes. <laughs> I think it's close, but all right, let's say you're right. Okay, so if you lose to the second-best team this year in a close one. Win the stats. Win the stats. You lose to last year's best team or second-best team. Oh, won the stats against the Eagles. In a close one, all right. How You could be literally the, the fifth-best team and have these results. Now, I'm not saying they're the fifth-best team. I haven't downgraded. They're 0-2. I've I've got them. No downgrade. No downgrade. I like that. Right where they're at. I like that. I do like that. Um, hmm. Okay. So uh, what else? What's your other takeaway? So no downgrade there. What did you do with Miami? Uh, upgrade half point. Okay. And what's the rationale? Just the, the Belichick had a good plan, so it kept him under wraps. But Miami was able to run the ball. Tua's so. still good against Belichick. You know, it's impressive. But he, and, and, his and multi, stats haven't been good. Multi, I, I'm, I was, wins are not a quarterback stat. I'm impressed by the fact Miami looks multidimensional in this game. They got the lead. They ran effectively. And, you know, frankly, I know New England had a chance to you know pull this game into overtime at the very end. But... Um, Part of that, Miami missed a long field goal. They could have gone up ten. There's some. Um, Miami was. How in long control. was the field goal? Fifty-five. It was a yeah, long field it's goal. Gonna, you're going to miss yeah. some of those occasionally. Yes. Um, how do we price the Tua uncertainty on the season? Yeah, that's a great question because, like, we were talking about over under. How many games would we say Tua is going to play? Fourteen and a half. Is that too high? See, I wonder if it's kind of all or nothing in a way. Meaning, yeah, he could get his leg, but if he, I mean, if he gets another concussion, is he playing? It's a, it, it's a good point because because I most quarterbacks is. at fourteen at forty nine, fifteen, we think, oh, they'll miss a couple games. Whereas with Tua, we're like, he's going to play tails. them all. Yeah, long tails. That, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. He could miss nine games. Yes. Yeah. So this is good. McKenzie came out with Tua in his career versus the Patriots, five and zero straight up, five and zero against the spread. 
Now, you listening out there, I want you to close your eyes, if, unless you're driving, um, and think how many yards per game has Tua passed for? 5-0, and oh, straight up 5-0 and oh ATS, and the answer is 191 yards a game. Not great there. They, mm. they won. So I guess quarterbacks should count wins because even a guy like Fez does because you just know they've won, right? They've sure. covered. McDaniels is a good coach. You got to give him credit. Huh. Okay. Speaking of McDaniels, let's jump to – so you're waiting – so you're not playing the Jets. Or are you playing it? At three, I think I'm going to No, no, play. I, I, oh. I meant on the oh, season the, On the season when you make a compelling case. I know, I don't know. I, I'm kind of saying if, if, if. I'm, I'm, I'm not because, because if I knew it was going to be, uh, they're going to stay pat with the quarterback, which they keep saying they're going to, but I don't believe oh, them. What else are they going to say? Exactly. Um, if you can't imagine someone saying something else, them saying it doesn't matter. I think the locker room will divide. I think the, the defense. That's what I'm thinking. And, so, and, and so, the skill position players will, will literally play so bad because there'll be a strike to get a think, new quarterback. What do you think about this bet? Just to win the division. Because here's the thing. It creates the long tail effect where you want, like, you think there's a chance. Like, I'd like to bet them last in the division and first in the division. Yeah, the, the division's it, too, too good. It's got two. No, like, no. Miami's styling right now. It's going to take, take 12 wins to uh, win this division. All it takes is, I mean, but the theory is when they get a quarterback, if they get him. I mean, the, the, the deadline's like in week five. I mean, the deadline's early in the NFL season. Well, they'll season. get an upgrade, but they're not going to get a good quarterback. Well, I mean, Cousins? Cousins, good. First of all, Cousins is a huge—Cousins is what? This year so far, like the ninth, eighth He's best quarterback? borderline top ten. Absolutely. This year, number six in our PFF QBR sure. composite. I, I agree. If they could get so Cousins good right now— you? that's good enough for you, Faz? It's sixth? Is that yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're acting like, don't get anyone good. Well, what about if Cousins? They get, cousins is good. And and it makes complete sense, especially if the Vikings start zero and four. Well, it doesn't matter. The Vi- what well, the Vikings literally, well, they they got a as Bill Simmons calls it a loser leave town match. Two zero and two teams playing this week, right? Yep. The, I mean, Cousins isn't on contract. He will not be back with Minnesota. Yeah. What are you holding him for? Like, I mean, especially if you could get even a second rounder. See, that's interesting. What do you get? What was that trade when, when Minnesota—I think Minnesota was doing the trading, right? They had one of their guys get hurt, like, at the last minute, and they traded for the guy who was—he was, he was the, the poster child of, like, big— Sam Bradford, right? Sam Bradford, yeah. I think from Philly, was it? I believe so. Yeah, see what the trade—I think they gave up a first for that. Now, that's been a while. But, like, when you're in a desperate spot— Yeah, 2017 first, 2018 fourth. So it was a first and a fourth. Yep. And I would say that Cousins is better now than Bradford was because he was hurt nonstop at that point. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, I think you get a first. And you can't, you, you, Minnesota doesn't want a first for the guy that's only going to play another. Makes complete sense. And then at that point, I like the bet for the – because if we knew for sure it was going to happen, we'd just go over. But the chance that that being X percent, don't we want the outlier bets that gives us the jumbo payout? Mm, yes, but not when there's – that a divisions that stacked. I, I, if they were playing in in, the, in one of the southern divisions and, and ten wins would win the division, I'd agree. Let me ask you a question. I've never heard the southern division, <laughs> like the southern primaries. I know you do things quick, 
But just the fact that there's two good teams there doesn't mean you can't bet it. It means we have to calculate it to say, well, what payoffs do we demand uh, because of the difficulty? I agree. At, there, at, at some price, it would be worthy. I'm just I'm unwilling to believe we'll ever get that price. How much better or worse is Cousins? One and one is all you could have hoped for I, oh, in the first two we're games. We're exceeding expectations. Yeah, because you're underdogs in both. Yeah, yeah. All right. So if they got, and the question is, how quick could it be integrated? But if they had Cousins for this week... And he was integrated, which is all ifs that aren't going to happen. I think I like him better than with Rodgers. Is it? Oh, um, yes, I agree. I'm not no, talking no, Rodgers post surgery. I'm I, yeah. I'm saying that I would have had the only thing that would cause me pause on this now in hindsight. Comparable, comparable quarter. Because I think Cousins. I thought Cousins was dropping off last year, so I was a little pessimistic this year. But based on what I've seen this year, if Cousins were or it, Cousins or Rodgers, Rodgers not injured, I take Cousins. I got him within a quarter point of each other. And maybe I'm wrong because the Jets were so enamored with him that emotionally it was, you know. But but at that point, what were they to win the division? They were right right there, right behind Buffalo, right? Yeah, well, they were a 9.5 win team, and Buffalo was 10.5, and, and Miami was 9. They were right with Miami. They were, they were priced comparably to Miami. And like I'm sure they were 3-1. to one. And right now, they're like, they were like, what, 7 or 8-1 to one or something to win the division? So, do we think there's like a one in three chance? I mean, I'm, we're doing this very quickly, but the, the Jets right now are fifteen to one. Fifteen to one. So the the market believes that the fact they haven't traded for someone yet means there's a lot less of a chance. Yes. I don't think they could have made a trade that that fast. I think they're rooting. Re- oh, I got. They're idea. rooting for the Vikings to lose. That's what I'm saying. Can we parlay the Vikings to lose can, to the Vi- Jets to win the division? Yes. So I, it How, makes sense. Can we do that? No. They don't let you. The cockroaches. That is the ultimate correlated parlay right there. We were talking the other possibility here was Stafford, but not the way they're playing. I don't listen, maybe I just need more bows, take more bows because of the bad week. But Fez, who was the guy saying McVay doesn't come back unless they play hard? <laughs> right? Yeah, spot on. And and to talk about upgrades. So I've got the Rams. I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. I have one and a half worse than an average team. Mm-hmm. They might be an average team. They might be like at least an average team. It's it's possible. You talk about tails. I don't know how good the Rams are. You know, mm-hmm. not I, even missing Cooper Cup. I think they're. So what's this receiver's name? The BYU kid. To, oh, that, to, that. The, 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 the sushi name. Tattoo. What is sushi it? name? But um, <laughs> sounds like a sushi place. All right. So that's Poka or Puka. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Not Pokey. Do you say Puton? That's good too. No, pokey is the Japanese food. Puka, did you just the say, wide receiver. Did you just say that's good? Yeah, puton. It's good. It's good. Good food. I like it. Well, I'm thinking of something a little different. Ah, uh, <laughs> that's good too. <laughs> Tag it. What the hell? Do you know what we're talking about? Yes, I think I do. I don't think you. Do. I hope you don't. I hope you don't. All right. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. The um, how do you pronounce this guy's name then? Puka Nachua. Nachua. How is N A C U A Nachua? I'm Beats not saying me. it's wrong. It just that seems like a short name, right? Five letters, but it's Nachua. It sounds like it's like 19. Poca Nachua. Well, th- th- those are sites that have the ability to play, right? P- listen to it. Like you can put any name in there and it plays it, like the audio. Or just look up on YouTube. There's probably 50 things about the guy. The guy's had like 35 targets. Cooper two- Cup's replacement. 
Now, the question is, is this diminished Cooper Cup's year from a couple years ago? It has to. <laughs> Come on. I mean, let's just say the possibility is it's there. It's a system. Um, so how much have you upgraded the Rams from the start of the year? All right. So I had one second. Uh, point and a half. Seems light. Maybe it's, in, maybe it's insufficient. Remember, they got a miracle, somewhat miraculous cover against well, San Francisco. First off, how is it miraculous if you're choosing between two ways to score and either way you cover? Just because they were a monster favorite to lose by 10, not 7 at the end of the game. Okay, but what right? about 30 seconds before that when they're driving? They were still an underdog to get to score it all. But being a slight underdog versus yeah, yeah. a miraculous They cover. should have lost by 9. Because they had a one-third chance of scoring down 10 with, like, under a minute to go. But a one-third chance of scoring, and the only kind of scoring was a field goal? Well, they were, like, on their own 30 with, like, 40 seconds left. It was very unlikely they are going to have time to get to the end zone. So let's just say this. Of all the times that McVay has played Shanahan, the best result was in the last nine, counting this one as the ninth, was this game. Yes. Because even if he only didn't cover by... A point and a half, that would have been the best. Yeah, that's a good point. So when you consider the fact that there's this huge advantage that Shanahan has in the matchup for whatever reason, schematically or psychologically, and they cover, but even if they didn't cover by a smidge, it was a good performance. And they played well. They were tied at halftime. They took it to the Niners for a good part of the game, had the lead. So it was not just like, oh, they were down 17 and they lost by seven. They played very well. Yeah. So, so maybe I, maybe I should. Here's where I think the the flaw is, mm-hmm. and this is what I was going to talk about earlier with Baltimore. We have incremental. So you have ground up versus you know top down versus bottom up handicapping. You're saying I'm starting with my numbers, and then I'm going to adjust for each incremental result. Mm-hmm. Okay, or you can say how good is this team right now? I'm going to rate them accordingly, and then use as a sanity check where you had them last week, whatever. Mm. I think most of the time you're right. Your approach, but I think sometimes early in the year when there's these pivot points of we now know Lamar Jackson can play exceptionally well in this offense. You gotta, I think you gotta upgrade that at least an extra something. I agree, right? and I think now the Rams are playing hard. The Tampa Bay Bucks are playing hard. No doubt, you can't just call that a half a point here because most teams don't have a question of are they going to play hard this year. And that win Arizona against, and that kick-ass win. In Seattle's looking a whole lot better after Seattle goes into Detroit. So I, you know what? I'm gonna rate. I, I send out my power ratings mm-hmm. middle of the week, Tuesday, or Wednesday, yeah, yeah. usually You're Wednesday iterating. morning. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna bring them up to to minus one. Now I'll give I like you, that. I'll give you an That's example where I don't think you overreact is Houston. You could look at Houston right now and say, oh, they're as bad as ever. Put them right at the bottom. Like some might even put them tied with Arizona. Oh, wait, that was you. But no, I get it because the injuries. But I think yeah. Houston, I don't know, other than the losses, let's look at their win total. So if we look at the fractional losses that Houston had, so they were, what, ten, almost 10 point, or they 10 point underdogs against Baltimore. Point two. So they lost point two chance to win. And then they were picking point five here. So they're yeah, point So they se- lost point seven. And point, so they were 6.25. So now they should be five and a half, all things being equal. No if there's no other adjustment. Yes, they'd be five and a half. All right, what do we got, McKenzie? Looks like 4.9, four and a half over minus 140. All right, so they're saying they adjusted them a, a little more than a point. And I think it's because of the injuries. Well, well for I how many know. games could that be? I mean, this is well, for the season. Well, I don't know. I don't know the status of all these O line guys. You think they're all out for the season? No, I don't know that. That's what I said. I don't know the status. Yeah. Of so them. most so likely, it's, most likely no. All right. 
So it seems like they've downgraded him about a point, which I don't think is wrong. I think you downgrade him a half a point each of those games at minimum. Yeah, and I brought him down a point and a half. But that doesn't mean that's going to so be, be that way. The, the quarterback's playing better than expected. He got sacked six times, but, I mean, it wasn't his fault. I mean, but, it's no line I think Houston is what they were with whatever adjustments you want to make. I think with the Rams, you found out something macro about them. And I think Arizona, clearly. Yeah. All right. That's good stuff. I mean, it's inter- I like when the markets align with me a nice chunk of the time because I still get enough bets, but I think my process is right. No, your process is spot on. Good. All right. Uh, we don't got many games left. Now, you and Scott are going to finish some of these four clocks. But we, I do want to talk about what, the Chargers. Uh, do we have anything except those games left? I want to talk Chargers. I know you want to talk Chargers. All right, let's do that now. Let's talk Chargers. Give us your thoughts. So the Chargers, you're not going to get a more equal game within one yard of yardage, within .1 of yards per play, back and forth. Either team could win. But remember, the Chargers— Wait a minute. Who's coaching who? <laughs> the Chargers just—Chargers are going to charge Chargers are going to find a way to lose these games. And I got to say that this is really three opportunities now that Herbs has you had. You kept me off Tennessee because Chargers are one of your favorite picks. That's not true. Well, you sent me a text and said, these are the games I like. Yeah, I said I like Tennessee. Oh, wait a minute. How could that be? <laughs> Hold on a second. Let's let's check this before let's we check. Act. This is the red flag out of the sock. You know, <laughs> let's check the monitor. Okay, so this is what you – oh, you did. But that's because of the line. But then when I said, who do you like – I said, who do you like if it, at market right now? Well, the line – the market on the Chargers game was down to two and a half. So exactly. I, so I, I, would, I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to play Titans plus two and a half, yeah. Okay, go ahead. All right. Uh, we Look at Herbs. So we've had his – Situation didn't get it done in all these close games last year. So with, this year, with his like dysfunction. But go ahead. So this year uh, against Miami, game on the line, down two, final drive, needs a field goal to win, fails. End of the game, down three, driving against the Titans, get in the end zone, you win, fails, kick the field goal, they win the coin toss, they get the ball first, three and out, and they punt. So that's fail, fail, fail. All these great numbers. Remember, the defense gets tired. The offense has the advantage. And he's failed three straight times late in the game, costing his team both those games. Now, if you're an elite quarterback and a winner, what's the odds on, on each of those generally? 50-50 or so? A little More. bit better? Yeah, 60-40. So you're saying he was favored to succeed with the game on the line once, he failed. Second time, he failed. Third time, he failed. Herbert. Yeah, so 0. .4 cubed. 0. .16 times 0. .4. Yeah, we're down to like four, 5% chance. So you're saying he's a failure. 6% chance. You're saying he's 94% a failure. 94% chance he's a failure. Yes. I mean, again, I've been leading the way with the Jay Cutler comparison. And, he, and he's done it, did it last year, too. You know, so I mean, he's done his whole career, and now it becomes a, a rolling snowball where you're like, it, 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 he's thinking about, it. he's not thinking about John Candy in the stands. He's thinking, about, here we go again. For the first time in two and a half years, I haven't seen AJ yet. Like when he supposedly, I'm hearing he's here. He's in the hall. He's Maybe a, when the sun comes up. I mean, what do you th- what do you think? I mean, do you feel like he's emotionally troubled by this? Do you think he can? I mean, we'll find out. No, no we'll doubt. We'll find out on on the Thursday morning. With a, a long interrogation. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I shouldn't mention it Thursday. Or we tape Wednesday night. Like, maybe he'll be upset. We don't want that. What, you do, know, you th- what do you? I'm going to let you decide. First. This is must-listen material. Dream pod Thursday. You can't miss this. A.J. Hoffman. Well, I think you can. 
If you like Herbert. 21 Herb Street maybe, or whatever it, we're calling him. Facing the music against R.J. Bell and why the Chargers now have a losing record with Herbs. Is that right? I believe they're minus one now. Yeah. How can you be minus one and be that good? Like that's what you're gonna have to. Well, do we count the playoffs? Then it's minus two technically. How much do you? How much you down? Have you downgraded the Chargers this year? One second. LAC. A full point, despite them having two winnable games, because. I just can't. They're, they're favorite they're in both. Well, they're favorite in both, and they lost coin flip games. You know what? If even if they tied twice, they still have underperformed twice. All right, we were talking about some remorse on the Titans uh, season long under. What was your takeaway? Tannehill looked great statistically, at least. Yeah, I want to ask you about the Chargers defense. So there's a here's, Not a, good. here's a stat exactly. So Tannehill, since 2014. He's had zero games that he's completed two bombs. Two passes defined to be 45 air yards before the receiver caught it. Well, that's a bomb, 45. Right, that's a big bomb. He hasn't had any games, all right? He had no games like that in 2015, 16, 17, 18, et cetera. I don't even know if he can throw it 45 yards. Well, apparently he can because in this game he completed two of them when all the talk has been, well, Tannehill's just dinking and dunking now and not going deep. Um, well, this A dot might have been the worst stat that these nerds ever got. Because I mean, it's like, it's like, what do they know about thinking it? I don't understand it. But the fact that the Chargers gave up not one but two bombs to a guy, a quarterback that other defenses don't fear, I think that's an indictment of that defense. Well, if anything, it feels like it's it should be a compliment to, to Tannehill. But in a weird way, if you got a team that is. And you're the Chargers, and you figure, hey, with good analysis, I don't got to cover those long passes. Mm. That's smart not to cover them, right? <laughs> oh, yes. So the fact, I mean, I didn't see the plays. Were they wide, wide open? One of them wide open. The other one, a one-on-one, the guy was covered and made the play, the wide really? receiver. Yeah. Listen, here's what I think. I think that anyone that knows models mm-hmm. will tell you. Here's how you know if you can trust a modeler or not. Are they telling you at least once an hour that the model is an imperfect estimate? Mm. Meaning we think it's the best model out there, but it doesn't account for everything. If you hear that, you know you got a guy with common sense or a guy with common sense. If you don't hear that, be worried. Because the people who talk about, well, you know, I don't like Belichick because of his fourth down decisions. They're assuming their model that is done by a, a fairly simple algorithm is better than Bill Belichick making a decision in game. I think it's possible. I don't think it's something that should be said without a lot of qualifications. But they don't do that, do they? Yeah, the classic example you bring it up is the ending of the Seattle Super Bowl yeah. and what he saw that the that no one else possibly but saw. But they're going to say small sample. It yeah. could they could have been anything, and you know they could have easily lost that game. Pretty big sample against the spread, though. <laughs> and to me, I, I think what we're seeing here is there's all this certainty about all this stuff. But then you look at a guy like Staley, who probably is the is. But here's the funny thing: he's not even going for it as like he's been somehow defanged when it comes to going for it on fourth. Oh, I think that that's you've never used that word defanged. I think it's perfect. Like literally, there's like neutered. You think there there's probably a meeting right where they're like, all right, here's the way it's gonna be. We uh, we yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna we're gonna need you to like stop going for it fourth and goal from the five. Yeah, and if you go for it and don't get it, we're gonna have a new coach. Okay, these models that are the most crazy is when they say the second quarter you're down by four 
and they want you to go for it on your own twenty-eight, like fourth and three. I've, I, yeah, I've, I've, I've seen things like that where, like, fourth and one from your own eleven, you're supposed to go for it, right? I mean, and you know what? That might be true if you look at thousands of games, but the question is, how does it affect the human being on the field at that time? And, and you're, you're. Defense revolts because it, they're like they're not giving us a chance. They, you know, they don't. Ultimately, the player chemistry does matter too. So Nate Tice does stuff for the Athletic, and his dad was the head coach, I think, in Minnesota. Mike Tice. Yeah, yeah. And he, his he is a fan of his dad. Like you know, you as a dad, you'd have to dream of having your son. You know, he it's like you know to this day, it'd be, you know, I think he's like thirty, almost forty years old. It's like. Maybe he's a little younger, and he's like, you know, my dad, and it's like it's loving. It's like so much, and he was talking about, uh, was it his dad talking about? That? I think it was, or maybe it was someone his dad told him a story. But oh, you know what? This is now that I think about. It, Tice tells a lot of stories like this, but this is actually Kyle Shanahan telling a story. Now I think about it, about his Mike, where he wanted to. Th- it was like they were on the fifty yard line. One second left in the half. So the theory is they have the ball. A Hail Mary is a free roll to you, Fez, right? Of course. Okay. Well, what Kyle explained that his dad explained to him was, well, the quarterback already had one interception. What's the odds of him getting a second interception on this free roll? And how does that affect him in the second half? Mm. Right? Which makes a ton of sense, right? Three interception days, the headline, if you lose— yeah, so you have a one fifteenth chance of scoring seven points, so it's only worth half a point, and is there going to be a psychological impact of greater than half a point on my quarterback if he throws, you know, that that interception? How do you model for that? I don't know. It, it, I don't think you do, right? <laughs> AI might eventually be able to figure that out, but you have to have data. Well, that's how that data was accrued. Was Mike? Um, Shanahan being there for a long, long time, playing a lot of football. There's something to that. As much as we want to exalt Moneyball and that thing where they're saying, well, why? if he's such a good hitter, why doesn't he hit? Well, Josh Allen would have went totally against that, hmm. right? It wasn't Josh Allen the guy that in this movie, Brad Pitt would have said, well, why doesn't he throw it completions? Yeah. Can so, he hit the ball? Yeah, I don't know. Can you he know? hit the barn? <laughs> and, and that's pretty good. And see, to me... I'm a math guy. Like, it's so funny that these, the ego on people got me as a math guy against math. But, you know, you, I mean, I think you've come around a little bit on, unless the model's perfect, you got to think of the human element. You know, and I agree. And I read, I I need to read more books. All right. So I read, I read The Machine, okay, about the big red machine in 1975. And so, why did you read this as a kid? uh, uh, No, like three weeks ago. Okay. And so, my, my, there was a, a play where in the second inning, Sparky Anderson had the Reds were slumping and they had the bases loaded with one out. And Vukovic, their third baseman, was up first at bat. He's like batting eighth and he benches him. He pinch hits for him with Danny Dreesen. Mm-hmm. And like it's a horseshit move. You know, he shows he shows him up completely, you know, even though analytically it was totally correct. You know, you got the bases loaded. You got to try to score some runs. You got the pitcher up next. And Vukovic, you know, isn't much of a hitter. So um, the classic example, the analytics say pinch hit, but. The, for the clubhouse, um, Sparky and Vukovic's relationship was never the same. From one pitch hit, yeah, he was he was he, he was demoted to Indianapolis like like by the end of the month and never to come get, get called back up. He Holy was their starting cow. third baseman. Holy cow! He stormed out of there, broke the lights in the in the clubhouse, like got pinch hit in the first inning for. This is interesting. Tannehill's QBR in Game Two was only twentieth in the league this week. 
Despite it being 57, yeah. Super hot offense. Yeah, a lot of, I mean, it was a swing macro-wise from the underperforming offense. But still, hmm. it doesn't really, it's not like this game got was affected by other games. So, yeah, I, I like the stat. Um, PFF has them tied with number one at 92.5 in week two. What about week one? 49.3. Okay, so league. what we're saying is, yeah. Yeah, I think our checklist would have got us. By the way, Fez, we had one more game, um, Chicago-Tampa Bay. This one hurt my feelings, so I am the first. I want to accolades, you know, all hail, hail to R.J. <laughs> Bell. R.J. had Tampa. I had the Bears. And the bottom line is I could have bitched and moaned about how the Bears should have only lost by three, all right? But it was a minor but miracle. We, but we had a two and a half. Eh? I know. But it was. <laughs> but, it, but in my own in my wallet, I played plus three. I even got a three and a half. But it doesn't matter because they all lost. Because you got of, a three and a half? Yeah. Um, but, but Treasure Island. Okay. Um, but I threw a pick six. Fields did with under a minute and a half to play. But it didn't matter because I was the Bears totally got outplayed. What did, I tell, what did I tell you about the Bears in game? That they were letting Fields throw in the second half, right? Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it shouldn't even have come down to that because Tampa just totally kicked their butt. They dominated the game. So I downgraded the Bears by a point, and I upgraded Tampa by a point, and it was just a domination the entire game. Now, AJ was on the other, was with you. So I that can't was a recall. double baby. Yeah, right, McKenzie? Yep. Yeah. And Esler was with the Bucks. Well, let's just say this. I got a wing on the house called the Dave Esler wing. <laughs> the diamond wing. <laughs> oh, I Dave, like that. Dave laid, you laid two and a half against yeah. me. If La- laid, Dave laid three. If and you said, if Dave's willing to lay three, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure as F going to lay two and a half. I'm going blind at two and a half, baby. Yes. Um, I, I got to tell you, Tampa, I think they're another team. You got to upgrade more than the incremental because they're playing hard, at least now. Now, you identified before the season started Tampa as a big tail team where you said, you know what, I could see them winning you know, even less than six games, but I could see them being a 500 team. We talked about it in our season win contest, remember? Yeah. About Tampa. What's there. the season wins right now? Because I can think of another great prop. Uh, DraftKings didn't have theirs up. Let me look on FanDuel. Is Will this year's Bucks team with Baker Mayfield oh, this is win great. more games than last year's Tom Brady team? You know, this is why the bookmakers <laughs> should all be fired because everyone would wager. Or on some that. people would at least think about I it. I mean, those wagers, and, and you can make it sound so creative. Obviously, well, we already know they won eight games last year. So you're really just playing this, this, this season, season win number, but you're making it sexy. Now, what's funny is it's eight and a half with, under a smidge. So you can do it without even working too hard. I don't think Mike Evans is going to get traded this week. You know, not this week, but yeah, that's maybe, the way. Yeah, we'll see. See, this is fascinating. But but again, I think there's certain times. Six and a half. They win two games. Sorry to interrupt. No, Eight and a no, half. No, 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 no. Now the the Cowboys, as much as they have been upgraded, I don't think there's any macro change. I think we thought they were good. They're good. They're playing a little better than we thought. So we upgrade them. I think there's other things, though, that it changes more than just how good they are. It's intention. It's, is this guy, like, like Watson, at what point are we going to say he's not coming back? Yeah. Right? At Cleveland. Meaning he had a whole, you know, last year, now he had meaning, a Meaning he's not coming back to the level yeah. anywhere close of a top 10 quarterback exactly. that the expectation yeah. was. Yes. I mean, I, haven't we learned a ton about him this year? Already, even though it's been two games, yes, he's not that guy. And 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 you know, just the 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 I I watched two thirds of the games. Obviously, we're prepping for the show and mm-hmm. the like. Yeah, yeah. He just, oh my gosh, the chemistry just looks all all bad. And now they lose their best running back. That's got to be demoralizing. Yeah. 
Although it is funny how, like, right after he got hurt, like, the backup running back, like, like Speed Demon, 72 yards for a touchdown forward, yeah. outran the defense. But, I mean, that's just one random play. Yeah, it, it, I mean, listen, there's some good deep backs, but there's certain things these elite guys are doing, you know. And the third string running back becomes the second string running back. It, it's a, it, you Yeah, know. well, Kareem Hunt, is he even signed? No, they were talking about him on the broadcast. They might bring him back. He knows the system. He's yeah. a free agent. All right. So we're going to throw it to you and Scott are going to finish up on some of these four o'clocks. You got anything else to talk about before that? That's it. All right. Now, the next show for us is going to be the Dream Preview full edition. So all the picks did pretty well, huh, McKenzie? On the Wednesday show? Yeah. Okay. I got the accounting here coming across the wire. Remember Rush Limbaugh? I used to listen to that with my grandfather. He'd be like, do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah. Um, my grandfather was quite conservative at the end. I, I think that's what happens. People get older and they get more con- yeah, like no, political. No doubt. Um, so we've had two weeks of the season. Now we have one, two, three, four pickers each, right? Or four pickers each week. Mackenzie picks, but not like formally. How'd you do in the super contest? Two, two, and one. You know, son, you start five and zero. Oh, two, two, and one ain't so bad. All right. So we have 10 possible, you know, cards, I guess, in the two weeks, right? Batting cards. Mm -hmm. Not one of the 10 has lost. So all of them have won, except uh, Scott has a 2-2-1 this week. This week, 3-2, 3-2 from AJ. Fez, 3-1-1, and 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 2-1-1 with Scott. And last week, we were 4-1. Three and two, three and two, three and two, three and two. I don't want to say who was four and one. Just assume it was someone. I think that could be you. Yeah. But either way, out of 10 cards, not one loser. And somehow I took the super contest and we're at 500. I don't know how I did it. It's because they put New England plus nah, three nah, on the nah, card. The next and the three plays are winners. And, and, I, and I, I picked from the urn the white. Mm. All right, guys, so as we said, back on Thursday for the interrogation of AJ. You cannot miss that show. Look at us. We are undefeated with their picks. Well, what's important, though, is we're going to hear about Herbert. We're going to hear about the truth of the – has the question been answered? Uh, Is there a new question? Let's talk about Josh Allen. (laughs) Josh Allen was pretty good, but we're going to get into all of it and undefeated – What's the chance of us being undefeated next week, Fest? So there's an odd number of plays. So the theory is you have a slightly better chance, right, to be mm-hmm. winning than losing. So random guess with four. We're all five guys, one in 32. Uh-huh. And so since we can push and be a stand defeated, like one in, one in 30, but we're better than 50%, one in 24. So each week you think the odds are about one in 24 of no one losing. Yeah. Especially when we're cross-firing. That hurt. And yeah, we've done it hard. If you so what's the odds of doing it? It'd be 24 times 24? One in six hundred and ten, or something, something around there. One in six hundred. This shows one in six hundred, and we're not like Joe DiMaggio. We're not going back to the the, the one we lost three <laughs> three weeks ago. Stay tuned. Oh, oh, oh! Straight out of Vegas. Also, AM every weekday. Speaking of that, here is Scott jumping in to do the last few games with Fez. Thanks, RJ. Well, Fez, let's go in rotation order of the Sunday afternoon games. And we'll start with the Giants at the Cardinals, where New York tied their franchise record for the largest comeback in a win. 21 points down, beating the Cardinals 31-28, but they do not cover the line. So this one I am torn by because if I look at the underlying stats in the game, the final score 
is representative of what the stats say. However, the Giants were trailing, obviously, the entire game in 28-7. to Kudos to Arizona, by the way, who, when they got up 19 in the third quarter, midway through, they went for two, which is the correct thing to do. Still lost. Um, even though the stats said the Giants should win by, like, three, you, you just can't go down by 21 as a four-and-a-half-point favorite and not take a downgrade, in my opinion. So I did downgrade the Giants by a half. I upgraded Arizona by half, and then on top of it, with the Barkley injury, I'm going to downgrade the Giants another one for that injury. Maybe one is rounding up a little bit, mm-hmm. but I do think he's integrally important. Um, you know, just as an eye test person, does one point sound right to you? Yes, for Barkley. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something about Daniel Jones, though. In the second half of that game, he threw for over 250 yards, rushed for over 50 yards, threw multiple touchdown passes, rushed for a touchdown, and had no turnovers. He is the first quarterback in NFL history to do all of that in the second half of a football game. It reminded me, this game, a little bit of the big Buffalo comeback against the uh, the Houston Oilers in that game, whereas it seemed like that whole game, it was just like touchdown, punt, touchdown, punt. In other words, it wasn't like the Oilers were just totally giving the game away other than they were too conservative and they would punt and they couldn't stop you know, uh, Buffalo. And that's really how this game felt. Like Arizona just kept going three and out and down the field. Like you said, the mm-hmm. Giants went pretty impressive to be outscored zero to 60 yep. and then be unstoppable <laughs> the next two quarters. So Giant, uh, Daniel Jones had the highest PFF grade of the week at 92.5. But this is the importance of Saquon Barkley now. Because if you look at what Daniel Jones in the second half, 17 of 21, 259 yards and a touchdown. And we mentioned the, the eight rushes, 58 yards and a touchdown. Most of that damage was done on play action. He went 13 of 15 for 229 yards in the second half off of play action. It's the most yards he's ever had in a game off of the play action. Why would you run play action down three touchdowns? Why would it it matter? It kept working. But if if you don't have Saquon Barkley in the backfield, does the other team respect the play action now? No, I don't know why they would anyways, because you got to throw. But that's very that's very interesting. Yes. Let's move on to the 49ers against the Rams. <laughs> you want to talk about spread drama. Sean McVay covering the spread with a field goal as time expires. 30-23, the final score. San Francisco over the Rams. Right here on the Dream Pod, I gave you a best bet with the Rams plus the eight, and it came <laughs> through. It's like Simon Crowell, you know, when Susan Boyle came out, and he's like, Susan, the second I saw you, I knew you'd cover the plus eight. Um, bottom line is, impressive game by the Niners. I watched the whole game, and I thought that the Rams played very well. I thought Stafford played very well. Puka Nachua is a, is a weapon. <laughs> is it possible that this is just a system? Situation? That's what I said. Like Cooper, like, like is it plug and play? Is it was Cooper Cup really that good, or is this just plug in a wide receiver and, and do damage? I um, he's from BYU, right? Puka. Yes, I don't think BYU yeah. is like a hotbed of um, wide receiver first round candidates. <laughs> so, um, we, curiously, I'm betting on the Rams, and I saw him drop a, a key pass. I'm like, that's the only pass that kid's probably dropped all year long, and I needed that play like blood. But um, bottom line is, four seconds left, and um, point differential, seventh tiebreaker, or whatever it is in the NFL. It could Are you come buying up. that? Like, is that really the reason why he he kicks the points there? 
No. Um, maybe I don't he's think tired so. of all the stats that show how much the Niners are outscoring him by, so he doesn't want that to get padded more. Mm-hmm. When two coaches like have a rivalry, like the Bengals and the Oilers used to hate each other. Second reference for the Houston Oilers. All right, the um, Sam White, the former coach of the Bengals, was up fifty-eight to seven, and he kicked a field goal. And they asked him, "What were you doing when you kicked a field goal with just seconds remaining in the game? What was the rationale behind that?" To which he responded, "I was not confident we could get the ball into the end zone in time." So maybe just making the score look better against a team that's kicked his butt. That's like what? What's, I, I I can't think of the old coach, but there was a, there was a coach that it was like a rivalry game, and they, he went for two, at, like when they already had a lead. And I was like, why did you go for two? And he said, because I couldn't go for three. Yeah, you can yeah. in the USFL. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, Puka, by the way, 15 catches on Sunday. His season total is at 25, third most by any player through the first two games of a season. So if they had a field option for rookie of the year. Offensive rookie of the year, that would probably have been a excellent choice because I doubt Puka or, or Peek at you or whatever his name is <laughs> was on the list. Is that a sushi place? He was not on the list. And and it's amazing. Like it's just people assume that the offensive rookie of the year is going to be Bijan Robinson. And he's the favorite at plus 175 while climbing up the ranks. Puka Nachua right now is the third favorite at plus 800. Yeah, the problem is the Rams are going to get injured, and then they're going to win four games. Well, not just get injured. They'll get Cooper Cup back. And once Cooper Cup comes back, Puka is irrelevant. Good point. All right, moving on. We have the Jets at the Cowboys in a game that I was baffled by. Not because the Cowboys won 30-10 to and covered the line, but by the way the Jets called their offense. Zach Wilson... Couple of three interceptions, that's bad. Uh, was pressured, sacked three times. They completely abandoned the run game. And I don't I know that Dallas is a great defense, Fez, and I know that Dallas stops the run. But for Brees Hall to only carry the ball four times, for Dalvin Cook to only carry the ball four times, the Jets' best offense, believe it or not, was Zach Wilson running the football as he was able to elude the pass rush and, and skirmish for a couple of yards. He finished with 36 rushing yards. And some phony pass yards, the old yak yards after catch. Yeah. Somehow, like, fed into double coverage and his stunt. And Garrett was, Wilson runs for 60 yards, yeah. And then it gets banged up in the later in the game. And, and there's a guy, let me ask you this. He's worth the full point to the line? Garrett Wilson? Say? Yeah. 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 Um, especially with... Uh, I mean, look at that one play. He was worth mm-hmm. six points to the line here because mm-hmm. if if he's not on the field, this final score is thirty to three. You know, Dallas is really good. Uh, how good? Right now, best team in the NFL, um, along with San Francisco. Thus, why I like the NFC. Little bonus pick: NFC plus a dollar ten against the AFC. Um, uh, as long as San Fran and Dallas keep styling out there, I uh, will continue to endorse that bet. I just don't understand why they didn't run the ball. Mackenzie, Robert Sala not running the football in that game. Like, I understand the Cowboys are are a great defense, but at some point you have to take the pressure off of Zach Wilson. At what point? When you're down 24 to 10? Is that when you start running the ball? I understand, like, you're losing, you're down, and and, and, but at some point you're one-dimensional. But this is the other thing. Uh, Did you see Sauce Gardner's stats against CeeDee Lamb? So... Sauce Gardner, who was the defensive rookie of the year last year, he's the best best uh, cornerback, arguably one of the best in the NFL. CeeDee Lamb finished that game 11 catches, 143 yards. Yet, when he was up against Sauce Gardner, there was only seven plays. Three targets, two catches, 
16 yards and a pass broken up. I think Sauce almost took one back to the house, too. So if I remember. I could be wrong. I know, and Mackenzie, you can you can talk about this because you watch a lot of football, so you know uh, what goes on defensively, and and maybe you know a little bit more about this from watching the 49ers and Robert Sala's defense, but Sauce Gardner only stays on one side of the field. Mm. It's not like Darrell Rivas, who used to shadow the best receiver mm-hmm. and would go wherever that receiver went, that's where Rivas went. Sauce Gardner stays on one side, and so what do the Cowboys do? They just moved C.D. Lamb to the other side. Now, is that a Robert Sala thing, McKenzie? Did yeah. he do that with the 49ers also? Yeah, Richard Sherman, was. A, he played his own, right zone, right shallow zone, and he wasn't going to move from that spot. Hopefully the ball came to him there. As a Jets fan, does it seem like Gardner is more of a ball hawk or more of a man-to-man guy? More, I mean, obviously he can do both. Yeah, it seems like he's more of a man-to-man guy. But but this these stats have to bother you. <laughs> Seven snaps, that's it. Three targets, two catches, 16 yards, and CD, when he didn't go up against Sauce Gardner, nine catches for over 130 yards. That's bad, Fez. All right, one more game we'll get to in the afternoon slate, and that is Washington-Denver. Do we call this a phony final because of the Hail Mary at the end? I think we have to, right? So the it should have ended 35-27. So mm-hmm. pretty amazing that you can have a Clear favorite, three and a half point favorite. The wise guys are on the Broncos. You blink and they're up 21 to three. And you're like, yep, they got this one right. And it'd be one thing if they collapsed and lost, but to actually go all the way down where they're down eight points at the end of the game and need a miracle to just lose by two, you know, what an indictment for the, you know, for the Bronco defense that does give up 400 yards. You look at the underlying stats. Uh, misleading because they look, if anything, a little bit better for the Broncos. But I think I got to take out that final take 50 out a yards. fifty yard pass. Yep, and I take that out. I think it's properly so. And all of a sudden, the Broncos get outplayed and they must be downgraded. Yes. But Denver was up twenty-one to three. How many times do you lose that game when you're up twenty-one to three in the in the first half? Yeah, and it's one thing for Arizona as an underdog to blow a twenty-one point lead. Yes. It's another thing entirely when you're home in altitude, which has historically been the strongest weeks one and two, and you still donk off the game like they did. You mentioned the downgrade for Denver. What about an upgrade for Washington? Two and zero oh now. Why not? I I bumped Washington a full point upwards despite the stats being pretty equal overall when you just look at the box score. 